Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. All right, right here. Um, I'm Joel over there. That's Ryan Cook. Ryan, how are you? Joel, I'm better now. I've been ready for this one. I felt bad missing last week. Oh, man. We, it wasn't the same without you, but we were able to to uh, to make it work. Thanks to our buddy Scott uh, for coming on last I month. think it was fantastic. It was like eight or, it was like eight or nine o'clock. It was eight forty five, I think, when he came on. It was late. Oh, wow. So it was late. Uh definitely wasn't one of our uh marathons, but some great information. It was good having one of the kayak guys on and um yeah. I think you guys did fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. It's all Scott. Um we've got a good one uh today. We got our buddy Sean Anderson uh and he he just texted me, geez, my poor plums. <laughs> we were, we, we were, I was, was i not just telling no, you oh, no, that's what was that's funny. awesome I, I was like i gotta record now because we were talking before this and, and uh yeah anyway i i, I this kinda, is i pushed, this is gonna be a good one i pushed i pushed back the start about by 15 minutes so me and ryan could do our little intro and uh his, his plum dude we've got his plums are ready to pop plums are ready to pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i, I I was talking to him earlier on the way home for a few minutes because he couldn't remember what time he was coming on that kind of stuff. And he tells me, he says, he says, I'm so excited for this one. He goes, my plums are swollen. I said, well, oh, swollen. I said, that's a good, that's always a good sign. Well, it's not always a good, there's with times a, it's a bad sign with a purple hue to them. If your plums stay swollen for more than four hours, you should consult a physician. Yes, absolutely. Check those plums, son. Um, <laughs> So, real quick. What a start. Uh, damn it. We real quick did it right off the start. That's already one. I owe you $10, uh, Ryan. Not for, for a real quick, but I owe you $10 for uh, the little wager we had two weekends ago. We haven't talked about it since. Remind me, because my memory is about See? as short as See? my um, attention span. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up. No, I could have been $10 richer. Uh, no, we were, uh, when you were out at McClure and me and, uh, Austin went to, um, to LBC. Oh, that's right. And we had an, an absolutely awful day where we just could not find anything. Um, land of the giants out there too. It, there's some big ones out there. They gotta be all the trout in that place. Goodness gracious. Just, just keep it. The next time we'll, we're going double or nothing. All right. Sounds good. Go big or go home. Right. What else we got next? Uh, we have big thanks to uh, to all the the Patreon members that, that keep rolling in. Uh, the shout pa- out the patrons, baby, uh, keeping this thing rolling. Uh, we got some some pretty cool things in the works here. I think at the end of the year to kind of to kind of get wrapped up, and I think twenty twenty two is going to be pretty cool. So uh, we got a good giveaway this month. Uh, we've got the G Money jigs. Got thank hand- you, Trey Williams. Thank you, Trey Williams and, and G-Money. Uh, we got Spear Points. Uh, thank you, Spear Point. And uh, Joseph Orozco uh, of Bass Union fame uh, is going to sponsor us this month's giveaway with a $25 gift card. Uh, so you guys can go and pick out all the cool stuff he's got there. Of course, his jigs. He's got A-Rigs. He's got spinner baits, buzz baits, and uh, the Deadly Nedleys, which I think are going to be uh, – a good one they're a weedless and i've been using that same type of hook from another company for for about a year and a half like i don't even use the exposed ones anymore at all 
Because it's a Ned head with an EWG hook, yeah, so it's yeah. completely weedless. Yeah, and it's uh, and and everything Joe Orozco makes is top notch. The guy does not cut any corners. It's all high quality. And real quick, all you guys up north, that whole Sacramento on up area that are listening to this, go out and go fishing with Joe. Go book a trip. He's a great guy. He's a great fisherman, and I I, I think you'll have a blast with him. Absolutely, and just a stellar guy. I mean, we had him on. I had him on. I don't know, several months ago. And since then, kept in contact, you know, um, yeah, he's always doing something really cool. He's always, he's, I like, what I like about that guy is he's always pushing himself, you know, he's always yeah. trying new things and making new baits and, 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 um, different jig heads and things like that. So, and he's humble. There's not one absolutely. ounce of arrogance in him. Absolutely. And I love that. No, he's just, he's just a grinder, man. He just grinds yep. it out and, and, and makes cool shit. And so let the fishing rod do the talking. That's right. So, uh, so thanks, Joe, and, and Bass Union. So we'll have that as well, and uh, probably some some other maybe some some bigger stuff. I gotta make a little run to to Cowdy Bait and Tackle, and uh, pick up maybe a couple other little things. It's it, it, it's Thanksgiving. We want to be uh, we want to show how thankful we are to uh, to all our loyal supporters. So and we are thankful, and we might even throw Bath and Body Works a little Christmas package in there for the for the for, for the lady in your life, <laughs> the lady in your life. <laughs> Or lack thereof, or or, or 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 if you just you're down with uh, what was the what was it mel what was that it was that melon th- I mean I just remember in in high in like junior high and high school like every girl smelled like melon because it was like mm. the thing that that bath I mean Bath and Body Works like everything they made was they made like everything in that melon scent so I remember oh. I just remember that from high school like every one of my high school classes smelled like that because every girl had like the hand s- lotion. You know, they were bathing in the stuff. It was just like melon everywhere. Sorry, that's completely off topic. So if any of you Batson boys out there into the whole melon, send us a... No, don't don't send us a DM on that. Never mind. No, no. Yeah. Keep your melons to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just I'm gonna keep my mouth shut Stop. right there. Stop. I got four different directions I could take. Ryan's that. got the man melons. He's talking about... <laughs> Dang it. I, I do. I do. I, yeah. So anyway. do I, buddy. It's all it's right. Fine. It's, it's all fine. right. You know, I work off. I, I work off personality. So you've seen the way I set a hook, and I put a lot of 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 the reason why is my man. It's a lot of juice. That's right. It's a lot of juice, a lot in, of there. juice in there. <laughs> and once you get all that momentum going one way, there's a lot to stop it. And in slow other. motion on the GoPro afterward, I mean, it just looks magnificent. You know, you look up Bassmaster Champ. You look up Bassmaster. A picture of Joel Lee's going to pop up here before too long. Oh, telling there, you, buddy. Whoa, there. <clears throat> Dude, I'm excited to talk to Sean though. Yeah. Yeah, so am I. Before we do, before we do, um, yeah, Disneyland, real quick. Any, anybody who's going to go there and you think, oh, I'm going to go on Splash Mountain and it's not going to be that bad. I'll just get a little bit wet. I'll dry off in like an hour. You, you might want a second. You might want to take a second, assess assess your life, and then make a different decision. Or go down in a bathing suit and then change. I'm telling you. It was, I told you, if I had walked into a pool up to my waist, I would not have been any wetter than on that ride. Totally soaked. Wet, bud. Moist. Uh, you got so a moist there, did you? Just, just letting you guys know. Uh, it's going to be a horrible day if you're Nobody not like me. Nobody likes that word. You know what? <laughs> I saw a funny meme about this. Where it's like, no, everyone, no one actually cares about that word. It was like a thing. And what was it, like 2009 or something? Or something mid 2000 teens somebody came up with that and then everybody was like yeah i don't like that word either it's like really 
Oh, whatever. Like a word? Every every fish we caught today, all thirty four of them were moist as shit. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And right. my voice just barely healed enough to do this, so I'm I'm glad that that happened from the old Disneyland. That's right. You said it might because you're just out there just screaming on the ride. I scream like a, for the I scream kids. Like what are you a, doing? I scream like a beezy on those rides. So who doesn't? Oh, it's fun. If you're not, you're not riding them right. <laughs> you're not riding them right. But you had a good time with the family, went and made some memories, all that fun stuff. Oh, man, we had a blast. It was absolutely That's awesome. I saw the pictures. Everybody else out there did, too. That was very, very cool. Yeah. The boys looked stoked. Laura looked happy. And you had that pretty little shit-eating grin on your face the whole time. Well, never heard it called pretty before, but I'll take it. Well, I'm just trying. You you commented on on my melons, so. There you go. My man melons. So what is the deal up in the mother load guy before we uh, get Sean on here? We're catching bass. Oh, is there bass up there? We're, as my dad says, we're catching them quick and we're catching them often. Or no, hook them hard and hook them often is what my dad always tells me. Um, yeah, man, the bite's good in the mother load. Um, guys at Maloney's, they're catching them. Spoon bite's pretty decent. Some shallow fish, some deeper fish, some jig fish. Um, they're catching a few bigger swim bait fish that nobody's talking about. But I, I know that that's going on a little bit. Um, Don Pedro just got stocked today with trout. A little birdie told me, uh, I know that I, I've been at McClure the last week, but I know the bite at Pedro is getting better. I, I talked to a buddy that went up there, um, five or six days ago and they had like a 30, 40 fish day and without mentioning names, they're not that great. So that's says a lot. Um, great person, horrible fisherman. Um, wow. No, nothing. Per- I would tell him that to his face. He's a good friend. Um, and I'm I totally joking. Be, I wish you'd be that honest with me. Well, I dare you. I said he's a good friend. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Savage. Bite at McClure's good. Um, not not much has changed. The lake's still on the rise. Fish are still fairly shallow. We have been finding some better quality fish out deeper. Um, Jigs, tubes, Ned rigs, all the normal stuff. A few spinnerbait fish here and there. I, I, I'm really liking that three quarter ounce slow rolled spinnerbait right now with a 3.8 um, Rage Swimmer on there. Uh, just slow rolling that thing. Double willows. Um, Speaking of that, I'm ready for my spinnerbaits, Joel. I the Joel Eat Special. I got so the other night. I actually like finally had all the stuff like painted up, and uh, yeah, I was just waiting to. To dip it, clear coat it, and uh, yeah, slap some blade, blades on them. So I've got, uh, I not only have a couple of those three quarter ounce spinner baits for you, and I just basically just did whatever you told me to do. So I'm not Thank you any. for correcting me because I was half asleep when you were texting me. I, I was, I was like, literally, want, like, I was like, you want double Colorados? That's, I was literally dozing off and I looked up like, oh crap, I forgot to text him. And I'm like, double Colorados. And then you're like, you sure? I'm like, no, Willow's shit. Um, nothing wrong with Colorado blades and clear water. We like, the willows typically um well they don't rise as, as much either right if you want to yeah. keep it down much better for the deeper water not as much lift to them so i got those for you and i got uh i got some rip baits as well so oh you're the man those rip baits look as as the youngsters say fire they are they they, they came out pretty good and it's only because now I'm, I'm dipping the clear coat instead of uh instead of trying to spray it with i'm still using the kbs in the can mm-hmm. and that was like that's like training wheel starter stuff and it, it just doesn't come out real well so um i got the real stuff and so i'm dipping them and they yeah they come out way better 
dip it, dip it good. That's right. So go um, ahead. So uh, so yeah, I, I interrupted you. Um, so no, I'm the king of interrupting. Feel free. I forgot where I was going with that. You though. said no. You said you you were you were throwing the the three quarter ounce slow roll spinner. And yep, I'm liking that. Just are you getting the cover. are you getting the quality out off that one? You know what? Not. I can't say I've caught any bigger fish on that than the jigs and and the plastics. But I mean, let's be honest. Like, there's no bite. There is no bite. I'm say that one more time. <clears throat> there is no bite like a spinnerbait bite. It's fun. Top water, you watch them hit it hard. That's great. That's exciting. But that spinnerbait is the most aggressive bite that you actually feel mm-hmm. of any bait you can throw, as far as I'm aware. I don't know any other bait that is is that aggressive in your hand where it feels like they're trying to rip the rod out or knock a bunch of slack in it. Either way, it's equally as exciting. Um, so it's just been fun. But that's kind of dwindling down. We haven't had much wind up there. We need a little bit of wind. We need, we need a, another storm. We need some of those areas to get a little bit more stained and that's going to be even better um first thing in the morning though they are still chasing so rip bait spinner baits decent choice um our buddy brock riggs hit me up and he's like hey dude don't be scared to throw that jerk bait around up there you know like he he stuck him a couple good ones on it so um not much of a jerk bait guy especially with the clients in the boat lately haven't had people that can really do it but uh that bite is there in the morning um other than that, man, um, my biggest advice, if you're coming up to the mother load right now uh, and you're fishing any of our three lakes, just don't stay in any one area too long unless you're catching fish. Keep covering water. Those fish are still on the move, and when they're feeding, they're feeding heavy and they're feeding aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keep covering water till you find them. And if you're fishing shallow, keep an eye on your electronics. We're, we're dropping on a lot of these fish that we're seeing um, and catching them as well. So. Yeah, but overall, the bite's fun. I mean, I, I had clients out today. I had uh, a guy named Jonathan Groves. He brought his niece, Sammy. Um, they, they came all the way from Utah. And, I, I mean, you know, kind of working on a lot of more basic stuff with them, you know, and we still put 34 fish in the boat. We should have had 40, 45, you know. We had some missed opportunities, that kind of stuff. But uh, the bite is good. The bite is fun. Mm-hmm. Puppy, dog, puppy yeah. dog in the back sounds stoked about it. Can you hear that? Well, you're, it's, fine. it's fine. My dog and the dog next door are having a through the fence battle right now, and it sounds like my dog is winning. Get him. Well, I'll, if it gets too annoying, let me know. I'll go. I'll, I'll go tell them to hush it up a little bit. They're doggos. It's fine. Um, cool. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's uh, it's good information. I'm trying to figure out where where I want to go. Maybe Friday or Saturday. We'll see. If anybody is. Just and not plugging, just letting you know where we're at because people are curious. Um, we are booking into January, and I've got I got about half of January available. So if you guys want to get out, just know that this winter bite is fun. Um, the jig bite gets better with the colder water typically, and it's a good time to go out and stick some quality fish. So, um, yeah, if you're interested, we got some in January. So and that was something that I completely forgot to uh, to add here at the beginning, and it was a it was a listener, a new listener who um, gave us a little bit of advice. I love good feedback, and this was good feedback where he's like, "Well, hey, for people who are new, like they kind of need to know who you are." Who so, me? Well, I guess both of us. Me, I, I'm just the host of a, of this thing, um, and I fish sometimes. But uh, that's Ryan Cook. Uh, Ryan Cook Fishing. He is a motherload guide. Um, you can hit him up. Uh, go to 
at Ryan Cook Fishing. So what, what, in the future, we might do that. We might like do a quick intro just so people know who you are. I don't know. I mean, when it was just me, that is was, a good point. When it was just me, it was like I, I mean, half the time I didn't even say my name when I started this thing because um, I'm like, man, if it's awful, I'll just I'll just delete it all and no one will know. But um, no, yeah, that's a good point though because we have new listeners and they're yeah. like, okay, these are just two random guys and they don't know how to you know line up everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do a bit of guiding. I like to take people out fishing. Love to teach. Love to have fun. I'm a huge fan of high fiving. Mm-hmm. And if you catch something over five, I'm probably going to hug you. And there's hugs involved. Yeah, and we don't charge extra for this that. Is a full con- so he's a full contact guide. An FCG, hmm, so sure. to speak. Sure, whatever you. Yeah. Whatever I'm you think, on. bud. All right. Let's, full, uh, full contact, not full service. We're full contact. Depends on the. Uh, Depends on the client, I guess. It, it, it depends on how well y'all tipping. Well, um, dude, sorry, that just reminded me of that one story you told me about that one client. Wait, wait what? Uh-uh. Nothing. No, it wasn't. We it was, we it wasn't anything risque. It was. It was just something that you you picked up on. But we won't talk about it here. I'm sorry. I'm I'm like in the middle of. I'm I'm drawing a blank right now, but yeah, I've, we get them all out on the boat. I got all kinds of stories we could tell. All right, uh, Ryan, what else is going on while we get uh, we get Sean on here? Um, for those of you missing Diana, I know you are Joel. I, I am. am right now. She's down at the dentist, man. My baby's got a horrible toothache. Um, she's got a bridge and something's going on with it, and it. I mean, and she is. I will give her this. She is a tough little cookie. She is way tougher than I am when it comes to like pain, um, pain tolerance. And when she's like complaining really bad, she's hurting. So she down the dentist getting it worked out though. So hopefully she'll be home and out of pain within the next hour or two. I'm pretty good with the pain situation. I can tell you stories. I'm pretty tough. Right. Some, some, some gun. But yeah, when it comes to the teeth stuff, like if your teeth hurt, Oh, that's miserable. T- teeth and ears. Like you get an ear infection. Anything on that'll your head. Drop a grown man to his <laughs> knees. Yes. Yeah. That You don't want to mess with the head. Like you can always kind of forget about a limb, but head's kind the of head, a, the, your head. The and head's face, a little sensitive. Kind of an important part of the body, you know? Yeah. Along with the chest. You don't want to have pain in those places. And the man melons. And, well, if you got pain in your man melons. You probably there he out. is. Speaking of man melons. Um, just kidding. What's up, Sean? Oh, well. How goes it, my friend? You just missed out on all kinds of fun stuff in this intro. Oh, geez. I don't know if he, I don't know if he really missed anything. He might have gotten lucky. I, I would expect nothing less. John, are you on speaker? Uh, I got my headphones in. Okay, you're not horrible, but you're not great. Well, that's, that's standard issue for me. <laughs> like we talking voice or his fishing skills? No, his voice. Oof. Both. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I got my earbuds in. If you can, go so. ahead and throw it on a regular handset, and we'll see where we're at. See, this is how we do this, people. Um, this yeah, is how on we fly. do it. Wow. Right. Keep going. This All is right, how, how about we that? do it. That's, see, that's oh, better. That's, oh, my gosh. You sound like oh, an angel. Man. Now you oh, sound sweet, like a professional guide. Yeah, sweet, sweet baby angel guide. <laughs> Dear little seven-pound, two-ounce angel baby guy. Angel baby guy. <laughs> <laughs> smelling of lavender and dial soap. Uh, actually, yes. Dial soap is the scent of the night, actually. 
Yeah, a boy. Oh, so you, you got you got a big date after this or something? Uh, no, she's on. She's inside on the couch. <laughs> okay, there you go. I know. I always <laughs> yeah, break I'm out not... the dial when I got a date. So yeah, yeah. I'm hiding in the. Uh, I'm hiding in the garage. So am I. Yeah, I'm in my. Yeah. I'm just in the living room chilling. Yeah, I can't have her eavesdropping. She's probably up against the door with a cup to her ear anyway. <laughs> Sean, who, who knows? everybody, um, let's do a quick intro for, for the man here. Sean, what, Sean, why don't you go? You know what, Sean? Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Well, Sean Anderson, I uh, guide trophy stripers on the Sacramento River. Uh, I'm up here in the booming metropolis of Chico, California. Oh yeah, party um, central. Oh yeah, that's that's that, that's boat conversation, not podcast <laughs> conversation. That's for sure. But um, yeah, no, that's basically kind of what I do up here. Um, not a full time guide, kind of weekend warrior. Um, just kind of fishing the prime times instead of grinding all the time like you. You're just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> he really is. I'm a I'm a glutton for it. Oh yeah, it's all right. Somebody's got to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically doing the, the striper stuff, a little bit of green bass in between on the guiding if people want to do that. Um, day job, uh, just work heavy heavy machinery construction. And when I'm not fishing, I'm usually trying to kill stuff. <laughs> you know, hunting fishing wise. So hunting wise. So you you are you are our kind of guy. I just got to tell you that. So are like, you? A, I love that. Are you an operator then, John? In construction? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We do mainly um, subdivisions, house pads, roads. Got it. That kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Let, not, not, let me jump in there too. real quick because he's 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 very modest. And I, I don't know Sean real well personally. We've chatted a little bit here and there. We are going to hook up and go fishing soon, I'm hoping. Yes, sir. Uh, um, Ryan told me that once. Sorry, go ahead. For those of you, that, for those of you that, that, that don't follow Sean or have not, make sure to follow him. Joel, I'm sure we'll put a link down to his contact info um, in the bottom of this podcast on Instagram, et cetera, however he does that. He's some sort of... Mm wizard but sean does not just oh i guide trophy stripers like he 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 guides trophy stripers yes. he puts people on trophy stripers um you can go search his name on youtube and j just get ready to have your mind blown um tactical bass and matt allen has been out with him caught several really really large stripers awesome videos one got wrapped up in a tree they got it out it was awesome i watched it like five times um, and when he says he chases the green ones here and there occasionally, he's no slouch with bass fishing either. Like he's, mm -hmm. as Joel says, he's very fishy. And if any of you are interested in any trophy striper trip, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to stroke your ego too big here, but he is like the guy in California to go out with. There's, there's absolutely zero doubt about that. And at, and at this time he's throwing an a rig for salmon as well. So that was oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Multi-species, multi I guess you could say. Yeah, that was uh, that was beyond uh, what type of situation, you know? Yikes. It, it happens up here. I mean, because we're getting that um, the winter run is starting to come up, especially after that full moon. So the winter run salmon are a little more bitey, aggressive than, you know, like the July... September, August, you know, th those fish that come up, mm -hmm. these, these ones, 
I mean, we catch them on jerk baits. I mean, I'm, I've had them hit uh, glide baits, that kind of stuff. But the A rig for me, that was the first. I know other people have had that happen, but it was literally bombed it out in like three feet of water, made two cranks, and got bit. And I don't know if you guys have caught a lot of salmon, but they just head shake a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, a big forty pound striper is going to throw it, you know two foot, three foot head shake. So I'm like, Oh, here, here she is. Oh, now I'm yeah. waiting for it to run, waiting, no run. It's just head shaking and reeling it in and comes up the surface. I'm like, it's an ugly, slimy salmon. I'm like, all right. So yeah, got that in the net and it is currently in the freezer, freshly smoked with little brown sugar and maple syrup. Oh, you got a boy. Dang it. You, you got to love it. Dang. You gotta love it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's not my cup of tea. It's the ladies. She likes to smoke salmon, so I was like, "All right, well, sorry, sorry, guy, but you're uh, you're getting thrown in the box for mama." So, yep, oh yeah, oh yeah, whatever, whatever she wants. As long as she keeps going fishing, we'll uh, I'll, I'll bonk a couple on the head here and there. As in, and she fishes salmon, and she fishes with you. Oh yeah, you, you caught, pretty much. You caught yourself boat. a keeper there, bud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she can she can throw the eight foot swim bait rod, you know, ten foot gl- or ten foot ten inch gliders all day with me. I mean, wow. she grinds. That's that's that, that, sure. that, that's that is actually really impressive. That's yeah, awesome. She's she's a uh, she's addicted to the swim bait. She's like the chunk and wind. So can't get her to shake a worm. No, that ain't that's never gonna happen. Not much of a uh, jig dragger, huh? No, no, no. She is a 3.8, 2.8 Kitec machine. Well, there you go. go. Yeah, right. That's got fish right. catching written all her, over. Her and Ryan would get along real well. I'm more oh, yeah. of a. I'm more of a four. He said four eight and three eight. I'm more of a four three type of guy. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, just got to get in the middle there. Well, he's got. Well, how, he's just really, really specific. He's depends on how cold it is. Professional outside. guy um, over here. Sean, we've been excited for this one, dude. I, I I don't know. I feel like the three of us could either talk fishing or sit here and quote movies all night. Like either way, it would be exciting and fun for people to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to not go go down that route. Like I said, it, there's you guys get on some good tangents, and like I'll be in equipment, literally laughing, running equipment, and people are looking at me like, what the heck is this guy doing? He's just laughing while driving a tractor. And it's just listening to this podcast is just like, oh, this is great. This is too funny. That's awesome. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys have fun. You drop knowledge. I mean, it's a one-stop shop. So We appreciate that. That's it, everybody. Thanks for joining us, Sean. Sean, (laughs) great having you. (laughs) Great having you on. Yeah, no. Yeah, now I got a one of your previous podcast guests calling me right now. Actually, <laughs> who, who's oh, that? Oh, Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence. Rio's gonna, oh of I was, I was just me. looking at his Instagram story right now while we're talking. It just popped up. That's funny. You know what, though, yeah. I want to. I do want to to mention him. Now, I mean, I was going to anyway, but um, specifically, that dude just sent me one of his a rigs. Um, it's probably like a seven eight inch glide trout glide i'm not sure exactly what kind it is he's one of his hand paints um and then another like five inch glide like and just sent him because he's a nice guy i started talk i started like going back and forth with him when i first started the podcast just 
just to pick his brain because he kind of had his pulse on the social media portion of this whole thing. And now I, he's kind of my go-to for the, the, the small amount of painting that I do. Like that's the guy I go to. I don't, I don't go look it up on the internet. If I have a question, I go, I go to Lawrence. Um, because oh, yeah. I trust him. And, and if you've, anybody has seen his paint, his paint work, it's f- f- flawless, <laughs> f- 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 flawless. Um, so yeah, I just want to say, yeah, big shout out to that guy. What's he texting you about? I was tell calling me, him on my, tell me, we're, we're, we're busy. Hey, hey, no, 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 no. How dare, how dare you interrupt this? Yeah. Right. But no, back to what you just said, Joel. I mean, he, I was harassing him on a daily basis about how to paint. I mean, I felt bad. I was calling him two or three times a day. It's like, all right, what kind of, what should I get here? What kind of brush should I get? What kind of, you know, what kind of compressor should I get? And that dude in a short time has became quite the uh, Lawrence Ross with the, uh, with the bass, man. Lawrence Ross. Ross. I love that. that. Yeah. He is, dude. He's really, really good. And, uh, and he is one of those guys that if you hit him up and you're, and you're, you know, honest about things and you're trying to get better, he he will take time out of his day to help you. Um, Well, I am, I am super glad that he, Sent you some stuff in the mail, Joel. That's awesome. Thanks, Lawrence. Appreciate it, bud. That's really cool. It's really cool. That's no, well, fine. I taught him how to make a rig, so I got that on him. So, dude, those and those a rigs are, God, man, they're those are industrial a rigs. Like th- those yeah. are serious rigs. That that's not your, yeah, you're not going to find anything like that on the market. Period. You just not. Yeah the the first fish I caught on them when I started making them was a 40 pounder literally made them went out first fish I caught on it was a 40 and I hooked that thing and I was like well we're gonna see how this craftsmanship uh works here and I mean yeah we there's nothing special about them but they just it's just heavy duty man I mean plain and simple these big stripers really give zero f's on what kind of hardware you got even I mean I've had them open up ST66s. I mean, it's they don't care. It's that's the best part about it. Yep, they are strong. But yeah. So are you, are you are you doing some painting then too? Oh yeah, yeah. I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. of this whole painting gig, and I mean, it's 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 fun. It definitely saves you some money. Um, and then I mean. I can really be lake specific on what I'm painting, you know, up here. Yeah. I mean, with Oroville and I fish Almanor a bunch, it's all, you know, pond smelt. So it's all doing ghost minnow, that kind of stuff. So I have, you know, two thirty seven hundred boxes of ghost minnow rip baits and crank baits and spy baits and everything that I painted up now. That's awesome. So it's, it, uh, it's safe. I mean, I'm, I'm bassing on a budget, man. I mean, plain and simple. No, I, I hear you. The only way I can do it. <laughs> we, we and Ryan were just talking about it. It's like the only things I really paint right now are uh, my spinner bait heads and um, and some rip baits that I have that that I got that I found some blanks, and I I really enjoy those because they're they're not too big, but they're big enough to where you can you can get creative with them, you can have fun with them, and um, I just I love fishing that bait so. That's really the only thing I've really dipped my 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 toe into. You know, I'm nowhere near where you know the stuff that that 
some of these guys are painting, you know, that big stuff. It, that scares me. I have some bigger ones here that have been sitting here for about three or four months that just look me in the face and scare me. Oh, you're, you're preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I get, um, blank some Clayton fly from a uh, fly guy bait. Mm-hmm. And I mean, those are what, nine inch, 10 inch, 12 inch. Yeah. And it's like, he only makes so many of them. So you don't want to, screw up that painting process exactly. and they were hanging on my pegboard just staring at me and uh, i had like anxiety with every <laughs> pull of the airbrush because I'm, I'm just waiting for it just to blow out on me yeah you know and yeah. it's it's just but it's cool man it's there's nothing better than catching something on something granted like we didn't mold it blah 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 but at least you get to do something your own little gig on it you know like same with like tying jigs or you doing your spinnerbait yeah, I mean it's so much more gratifying. We're like, ah, that came from me, you know. That's right. Yeah. No, absolutely. I used to make my own jigs all the time. I, I'm not much. I, I the only thing I've ever painted is just powder tech. Whatever you know, you heat up the head and dip it, and then shake it. Oh yeah, bake yeah. it, shake, shake it and bake it. Um, there we go. But but I can remember, and don't get me wrong, I love my jigs. I love my G monies. They're awesome, but there was a really cool feeling behind that where it's like you make this jig from start to finish doesn't cost much and you go out and catch fish on it. And it was just like, yeah, like I did that, you know, like I created that. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I, I, oh, but even my painting on the jig heads used to be really ugly. So what do you guys do? That's, that's way over, over my head. I'm sure. It's yeah. Not. Oh, trust me. I, sure I threw not. away the first ones I painted. I should have kept them. Um, I oh, called it uh, I got Donald a, McDonald. <laughs> I got a you pile. Know, of, supposed to be a bone. I got a pile of them over here that are just like most, <laughs> it was supposed to be bony. <laughs> the most hideous thing, the most hideous things you've ever seen, and I can't throw them away. I just look at give them. Give them like oh. give them to me, dude. I'll fish them. I don't even care. Oh man, no, no one's no one's gonna ever see these. I will fish hey. them. <laughs> The, the fish may feel sorry for you and be like, oh, this <laughs> poor guy, he's obviously hard up right now. That was actually my, my thought process going into the whole thing. It was like, hey, you know, my f- yeah. I'm going to find that one dodo that's going to be like, oh, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> it bites it. Yeah, I mean, when we were getting the first prototypes of the, the G-Rats, the Sneaky Peaks, yeah. I mean, they were literally clear. I mean, they weren't, there's no paint straight from the factory, no paint threw a tail on them and the stripers were choking him past the lion tie. I mean, it's just, it's just the motion in the ocean, man. I mean, literally I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. You could throw a two by four out there, but if it swims, yeah, they, they, they could do it. I mean, you've probably seen what the weird things people put on YouTube that they catch fish with, you know, stuff you buy at the red light district and that kind of stuff, <laughs> yep. you know, I mean, it's, as long as it, hey, the fish don't, who knows what the fish are thinking down there, you know? Earlier on. Do you guys remember watching that big bait posse video back in the day? Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. Joel, like, you ever seen no, that no, big I'm, bait I'm posse glad, video? I'm glad he does. No, I don't know about that. Okay, so a group of Southern California anglers, it was Paul Bailey, Sean Bailey, uh, Matt Newman, and that whole group down there they filmed a bunch of just giant bass catches like over the course of, I don't know, probably five, six, seven years, whatever. And one of the baits they caught half of these big ones on was the OG Lunker Punker. And if you watch in these videos, most of the fish catches on this punker come from a bait that has zero paint left on it. It is just wood. 
Like they, it yep. has been chewed to shit. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. So, that's, um, swim, swim bay underground there. That uh, yes. Facebook Instagram page has that traveling slammer. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it literally looks like a two piece jointed dog chew toy that is just <laughs> completely destroyed. Cause I mean, the bait's literally gone all over the country. People will get it for a couple weeks at a time or a month and fish it. Then they, you know, pass it on to the next guy and who knows how many fish that thing's caught, but it's just, it swims. It's got the action. It, it has that allure, you know, the fish come up and go, huh? Yeah, I can put that in my mouth. All right. You know, mm-hmm. they don't got hands. Oh yeah. You guys are making a t-shirt about that, right? We want to, we'll <laughs> which somebody else. <laughs> I'm said still that. working with my buddy on the sweatshirts for, that I've been working on for what happened to the, I don't want it. The thing you sent me, dude, we're, we're close on it, but my buddy's busy, I guess. And I don't oh, know. Okay. I'm not, uh, I guess I'm not top of the anyway. You got to make yourself a priority, okay? Get loud, yeah, well. get proud, and get it done. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that for you. Sorry. Oh my gosh. You know, you guys, and it's you guys are too funny. It's funny, man. We were talking, uh, Sean. We were talking the other day, and you brought up uh, fly fishing, and it's like, man, that's like one of the things when it comes to to big striper. Just because it's something different, and and also because I have a nine weight that I have n- not thrown at a fish yet, and I've had it for over a year now. Um, thanks, COVID. Dashed my dreams of fishing permit and uh, bonefish in the in in Honduras. I bought a T-shirt in Mexico that says "Pinche COVID." Anyway, oh, that's awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, that th- I mean, so is that something that you do? Just real quick, and then this is going to be just an off the. This is a tangent for sure, but uh, I before we forget. Well, I, I just started dabbling. I mean, I got like the tippy tip, tip, tip. Like there's only moisture on my pinky toe going into this striper fly thing. Moisture? Cause you know, you know, dipping your, dipping your toe in, you know what I mean? No, I got you. Just I got, we, were, we were talking yeah, about yeah, the word yeah. moist earlier. So it, it fits Oh perfectly. gosh. Yeah. I, I was a chef for 10 years. You never said moist in the restaurant. You'd be chastised, <laughs> but um, no, a couple of my buddies up here are full-time fly guides and dude, they're sticking fish just as big as we are on the big stuff. I mean, I don't know how in the world these guys catch these mid forties, low fifties fish on a freaking buggy whip, you know? And mm-hmm. I've always talked smack, talk smack, call, you know, sissy stick. I mean, that's the true sissy stick, but it really is. It gets yeah, I just, I mean, it's I'm just good a different challenge, though. Term. It's a different challenge, though, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it it gets to the, well in the summertime months. It's your your bite windows in the summer up here for a big fish are very small, so you're usually catching, you know, schoolies, shakers, the occasional ten pounder, you know, during the summer on you know on hard baits. So I just said, screw it. Yeah, same deal. Bought a nine weight got a saltwater reel and proceeded to stick myself in the back of the head with a clouser minnow oh, for a couple no. weeks. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, but, you know, it's, it's so different from 
just chunking and winding, you're sitting there, you got it in your hand, you're strip, strip, strip. And when that 15 incher hits it, you're just like, holy, you know, and you set, I had to learn how you actually have to set. You don't do this lift crap. You just have straight to, back. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Back, yeah. But it, it's, it's just, it was something else to do when the fishing's tough to where I can still go have fun and not be mad when I hook a five pound striper and go, hmm, okay, cool. You know, it, it makes those size fish more enjoyable mm-hmm. now compared to, um, you know, always going out for the big ones. Cause I mean, don't get me wrong. I love striper fishing, but when we're out on the river, just like me and the boys or Christy and I out there, we're just trying to catch giants. That's, all I care about if we don't catch one over 20, 25 pounds, it's to me, it's a blown day. I mean, but that's trophy fishing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're literally fishing for a couple bites, but now with the fly rod, I mean, a five pounder takes you to your knees half the time, yeah. you know, and especially if you're by yourself, you're in that swift current, you're trying to run the trolling motor, trying to strip or get it on the reel fish is taking you around the boat you're trying not to die from snags i mean it's just a whole nother deal instead of just you know hooking one on a eight foot six swim bait rod with 80 pound braid and 40 pound mono and just be like all right come here you know like ski him in like a little spot (laughs) you know it's 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 fun dude i mean it's something different because i get i get real bored quick doing the same stuff all the time i mean i'm full bore ADD fishing. It's just, why do you got 10 rods in your boat? Cause I'm going to catch a fish on every single one of these rods. You know, that's, that's my mentality for it. So I got to do something different every once in a while here and there. Cause too much of one thing, man, I, I'll get burned out. No, I hear you. Are you, are you using floating line? Curious. Um, I'm using intermediate right now. Okay. But I think I need to go to a heavy sink. Because our current up here, I mean, I'm on the way upper sack. I mean, I'm 100 miles north of Sacramento, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's on a average flow in, like, swifter water, it's a four-mile-an-hour current, maybe three-mile-an-hour current, you know? So oh, it's moving. You got to get that. So, it, it, dude, it's I only got an 80-pound Tarova, and with my 20-foot jet boat, I'm literally on 10 trying to even just – kind of slow myself down in some spots you know it's it's pretty crazy how that current blows but but yeah i think i need to go to a faster sink line to get it down past that um you know the light penetration because those fish are up there where you can see them they're right there on that you know in the shadow where they can just lurk and hide and that kind of stuff because if i can see my fly i'm like i'm not going to catch anything but that's just me. It's I've this is so pig Latin to me doing the fly deal, but I got really good tutors mm-hmm. but I just haven't I haven't gone out there with them. So I'm basically just like chucking and ducking when I'm throwing this fly. Because I mean that thing comes whizzing by your head and you're like, Yeah, that's a saltwater hook. If I get that in me, I'm probably gonna have to clip it off and go to the immediate care. You know, 'cause it's it's a trip, but it's fun, man. It's yeah, it's just something different. It's something different. I just need something different. And and but, that same conversation you were talking about how you were, you know, you putting downriggers on your boat. You were uh, you're up fishing 
at both Oroville and Almanor. You want to talk about fishing up there and how it's been? Give us a little. Give us a little bass report. <laughs> well, I haven't been up to Almanor since last. Oh gosh, couple. I want to say three weeks ago, maybe a little longer. Well, you can skip that one but was, if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Al, I mean, Almanor. A lot of people don't think about Almanor until that Apex tour went up there. Yeah. Because I mean, it's usually you just see the trout trollers, you know, or or they only go up there. Oh, man, I'm gonna. I'm going to get crucified for talking about this, but I don't really care. Um, but everybody only goes up there when they're on the bed, right? Cause it's clear. It's easy. Small mouth on a bed is like the easiest fish to catch. No, to man. I mean, plain and simple, but using a flogger, my first, yeah. Using a flogger out there. Dude, after watching that derby with them last year, I was like, ah, man, I'm looking at road cones on the side of the road, (laughs) you know, like that's a trip, but, um, but yeah, this is my first year up there because my girlfriend's family lives up there, so we have a place to go. And so this is my first year from basically March all the way till October fishing up there. I mean, I barely even touched the river this summer because I'm I grew up catching smallmouth, so I get I freak out on smallmouth. It's maybe just because I've been doing it since I was five years old. That's why. Mm-hmm. But, but no, yeah, I actually got a full season on the lake this year to where I can figure out the patterns, figure out where they're at this time of year. Like this is like tentatively figured out. I've only got maybe 35 trips under my belt, but that lake can be fickle. But when I was up there last, they were just now starting to get to their winter haunt right there, you know, doing the whole, I don't know if you ever heard the 20 feet to deep if they can move 20 feet vertically or horizontally to get shallow and they get to deep, that's where your big fish are going to be. That's where your fish are going to concentrate in the winter. And what I've been told, dude, so mark, you're basically mark that down right there. I, I had not heard that. Uh, I'm not a huge smallmouth fisherman, but I, I will tell you one thing. When I do catch them, I get way more excited than I should. Cause they're just so, <laughs> they're just so damn cool. They're the, the, they fight like mad. They're beautiful. Like they're just a cool fish. Yeah, that that twenty feet the deep thing, man. That that applies for any fish. Honest, in, in my opinion, it applies for any fish. If fish can expend the least amount of energy to go up to the buffet and then go back home, you know that's where they're going to be. I mean, Ryan probably sees that more down there in the muzzle load. You're fishing that deeper stuff. I mean, Almanor is the deepest spot, maybe ninety feet. So, I mean, it's just a giant uh, meadow that they filled. So, it's super fertile. I mean, that's just why it's got the pond smell. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got giant trout in it. I mean, your average bass is two and a half pounds, three pounds sometimes. You know, you're, there are largemouth supposedly in there. I've heard of people catching them. So, I got a buddy that fishes there, and out of 20 years, he's caught one largemouth. So, hmm. they do exist. Yeah, they're just but, I, no. What's the, the deal? great white, the great white buffalo? <laughs> what's the deal with yeah? Like <laughs> the thing is when you when you've got a fishery with a lot of spots or a lot of smallmouth, largemouth are the the first ones to get kind of crowded out. Ryan, is that correct? Have you heard that or seen that? You know what? I uh, and Sean Sean knows as much about this bass stuff as I do. Don't let him fool you. But uh, or he, he probably knows more. But I think it depends on the fishery. Um, because I I've always said with the 
at least with the spotted bass lakes, I think a lot of it has to do with their spawn, spawning deeper, falling mm-hmm. water in yeah. the spring. They get their spawns off more than the largemouth do, but um, I don't know what it is. Like, there's a lot of guys, you know, that just think you catch more of the spots and smallies because they're more aggressive. They get to the bait first, that kind of stuff. But I, I haven't always seen that to be the case. So, in, in answer to your question, Joel, I don't really have a good answer for that. I don't know. Yeah, Sean. What, yeah, do, you, what do you what, think, Sean? Well, using Almanor as the example, um, I'm pretty sure Almanor has been mainly a smallmouth lake from the get-go because mm-hmm. the either the DFG or the Almanor Fishing Association, I don't know who it is, but they will plant largemouth in there. Like you're not allowed to weigh a largemouth in a tournament on Lake Almanor because they're so few and far between. They don't want you boxing them. They don't want you running around with them. And they, wait, they still they still plant them to this day? Suppos- supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. This could be some wide That may be the only place I've ever heard of that, that, that still does that with bass. Yeah. I mean. Well, it's almost hard to so, believe, yeah. to be honest. No. That's almost hard to believe. They actually did. Um, there was a program down at Pine Flat, I know, with the last. I don't know in the last couple of years, but I I know not too long ago in the recent um, times there was a some club, some organization, something was was doing a Florida strain largemouth bass plant into Pine Flat. But I so, just I just feel like nowadays with how strict they are with everything with non native species and all that stuff. I mean, like you you don't get the high the high elevation trout plants anymore. Obviously, that's a completely different story, but. We've seen this whole movement towards like we're never going to be putting anything into our ecosystem that wasn't a native thing. So that's really that's yeah. news to me. I, I've I've never heard that, and I've only ever heard the opposite where it's oh we don't do that anymore or we can't do that anymore. So I, I'm gonna have to look into that, Ryan. They um, the Thermalito After Bay they used to plant Floridas in there because um, they would go out and they'd put them in these little pens. I mean, they looked like crawdad traps, and they'd put them out there to get them acclimated to the water because that after bay, man, it's, it'll be 80 degrees on the surface and five feet down, it'll be 55 degrees, mm-hmm. that, that type of deal. So I've seen them do that, but no, exactly like you're saying, it's not saying DFG is not planning, or sorry, DFW, my bad, isn't doing what they used to do with, with the plants. But Almanor, man, they get trout plants every Dude, I won't say every couple weeks up there. I mean, it's it's a trip. I mean, we've been up there, and the, the trout truck pulls in. They start dumping trout. All the seagulls come and start eating all the trout. And they're like, oh, you're just feeding the seagulls. Right on. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> but, but but no, um, fishing for Almanor-wise, it's, I've never been up there past October in bass fished because I'm always either hunting or it's, it's party time on the river for big strikers. But after running so much up to Almanor, it's just like, I don't want to go try in 48 degree water. They got to bite. I mean, they got to eat, you know, what size trout are they planting in that lake, bud? Um, they're usually regular planter size, eight to 12 inch. They're not like Collins throwing in the, you know, the freaking 10 pounder trophy stuff. But these are but, not feeding the smallmouth then by any means. No, I mean, th- there are some, th- there are breeders 
in the lake because most of the fish they plant are uh, triploids mm-hmm. that are yeah you know sterile. So, but there are breeders. But I mean, I, I've talked to some of my buddies in Oregon that throw huds for smallmouth, and like, we catch them like a trinity. Like we catch them on eight inch huds. That's the, that's that's where I was getting. So you're you're answering my question already. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, go I mean, ahead. They, I mean, yeah, they got to. I it, but it's just I have a zero confidence in throwing a big bait for a smallmouth. I mean. I'll throw 15 inch baits for stripers all day long. I mean, I'll throw a 15 inch glide bait from first light to last light. No problem. Put me on a bath lake. I'm like, give me a freaking worm right now. You know, I'm, I don't have that big bath, big bait mentality for the greenies like I do for the stripers. You know, right. it's just uh, striper are my big game. Bass are my, Let's go get the rod bent and let's go have some fun and catch as many fish as we can. It's my kind of bass but, fishing right there. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you you catch enough, you're going to run into a big one. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but it's you just, put yourself in the right bit, place, the right time, often enough, and it, sooner or later it happens. Oh yeah, you better be lucky than good any any day of the week. But but it's just yeah, Almanor, just like Oroville, they have that the pond smell, the Wakasagi pond smell. Is actually almanor because one of the branches of the feather feeds into Oroville, and almanor had the pond smelt before Oroville did, and they actually somewhat like I guess you'd say migrated or flew or swam down the feather into Oroville. That's how Oroville got all that pond smelt because they used to have the shad, and I mean obviously the shad are gone now. But yeah, that's how Oroville got the pond smell. Quick little plug here for our guy, Joel, Joe Orozco with Bass Union. He makes a float and fly or a fly for the float and fly with, um, I believe the color is, is it Wakasagi? Yeah, Wakasagi. That's what you just said. Yeah. So that's that's what he's talking about right now. Yeah, that, that float and fly jam has blown up. I mean... Ever, I mean, ever since those guys won that Wild West at Shasta, Ryan up there, I mean, they, I mean, they didn't put it on the map, you know, but just the, the fact cat, that, the cat was out of the bag big time. Oh yeah, I mean, they, they won a Wild West with fly rods, man. I mean, that's I unreal. was there that, and it was funny too. I fished that tournament. <laughs> no, and I was not throwing a float and fly, and I got my butt handed to me. Anyway, that's another story. That was that was this year, huh? That was last year. Yeah, that was no, it was last year. Yeah, it was a uh, December, it was December. Of last year, or it was January. It was, it was within twelve months. I was just we'll thinking, that Ryan. I was just thinking about this because I remember I had a I had a podcast with you not too long after that, mm-hmm. and I could not bring myself to believe that they were throwing that on fly rods. We, I thought you got in a, in a bit of a. Well, because, because a bit of a tiff about it. Not it wasn't a tiff. It was a. Well, it was a I thought I thought one way and you thought the other, and I'm not saying you can't catch. And I, I never would think that you couldn't you couldn't catch bass on a fly rod like I fly fished. I I know you can. I just didn't think that there were guys out there fishing that tournament throwing a fly rod. It just didn't make sense when you know that guys that right. that guys like Lassane and and everyone else is throwing the float and fly is throwing it on on conventional gear. But Ryan Williams. The guy he's talking about yeah. actually guides. Well, we've talked about him since then. Yeah, 
this is before I knew he guides all that. So anyway, I, I, yeah. I'm bringing it back up because I want to apologize um, for for a, a year a year later. From no, now. and I, I can finally <laughs> and now and now I can finally sleep good again at night, and I do appreciate the apology because I've been waiting. It's, for it's it. been keeping me up at night, like because now I know, and I'm like, how how could yeah. I have done that? Right. Yeah, babe, I can start sleeping again. I'm sorry. <laughs> that uh, the floating fly on the fly rod, it's just it's the same idea, but it's still a different presentation. Because I mean, when you throw it out on your spinning rod with a slip bobber, it's hitting the water and it's going straight down. That that fly, the floating fly on the fly rod, it's penduluming, basically following the contour of the bank all the way down until it gets at you know six o'clock. Absolutely. So it's it, yeah. it's just different that way. I mean, I do both on Orville or or Bullards. I mean, I got a fly rod just for floating fly. And okay, I mean, it's fun, man. Well, hold on, so, I'm gonna real quick, Ryan. Let me let me before, real quick. That's your on. fourth one. Joel. Hold on, dude. Real quick. Um, oh, I forgot about the real quick. Yeah, dude, we've been, we've been real quicking it all up tonight, but because like, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> quicking it up. Uh, no, I, I think the only thing that for me, I always hated throwing an indicator when I was fly fishing for trout because your 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 cast is kinked. You lose some of the like I don't know. I just hate casting a fly rod with with a big old indicator or a float on it personally. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, I get that. I mean, You're basically just honest, water loading it. It sucks. Yeah, but here's one of the deals though with that float and fly. And I am no, by no means, a float and fly expert. I've played around with it. I've, I've the last year, I've well, after Shasta, I went. I was like, you know, okay, I'm no dummy. I got to check this out. But the advantage that I would see to throwing a fly rod, and I was telling Joel this last winter when he was arguing with me, um, was that. That big old long fly rod, the way those fish eat that bait, you got to get tight on them as quick as possible. They don't hold on to it. it. It's very much, you have to do it with a quickness. The longer the rod, the more you lift, the more line you move, I would think your hookup ratio would actually go up with that. Yes and no, because, I mean, let's say we're fishing a west bank, a west bluff, and your boat's pointed to the north right? And mm-hmm. the wind's blowing, the wind's blowing from the north, right? So you're kind of either going into it, you know, so you got to keep mending that line. Because if you have any type of bow in that line, mm-hmm. and you don't strip and lift hard enough to get that bow out, you're not going to get, you're not going to get that itty bitty little needle hook in those fish. There's just way yeah, too much in between. Yeah. That's oh, man. I, and, al- and also it's got, I was going Go, I'm oh, sorry. Go, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. Oh yeah, I, uh, my buddy Chuck. He's a bass guide, just like Ryan. All these guys, uh, fly guide. I mean, he does striper bass, all that stuff. Um, he's the one that taught me up at Bullard's one day how to how to do this, and he was in hysterics watching me miss fish after fish after fish because I wasn't keeping that direct straight line and mending the line. And I'm the Brad Pitt man. I mean, this ain't no river runs through here. So it was, <laughs> it, it was just, I was just getting schooled by these, you know, 12 inches at Bullards. And then you just got to realize you got to work with the boat and the wind just to keep your line straight. I mean, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's different, but you get humbled with that fly rod, dude. I mean, you okay. get owned 
So I did not think we were going to have you on here, big giant striper guy, and us talking about a float and fly for bass. <laughs> but, but hey, you never know which direction this podcast is going to go. So hey, hey, I mean, I do, I do a little bit of everything, man. You're if, a, you're a renaissance no, man, Sean. Dude, I I <laughs> love I love the knowledge, and it's already just it's it it's uh it's radiating out of you. Um, okay, if you can talk about this without upsetting too many people, whatever. I don't know what the deal is. Obviously, there's the little unwritten rules about Bullard's Bar and what we talk about. Um, <laughs> okay, how many? Of those really big spotted bass out of bullets have come on that float and fly, do you think, or do you know, or can you talk about it? Oh, dude, I don't care about Bullard's Bar anymore. It's It's been so blown out. Um, it's, you know, Lake X anymore. Um, right. My, my buddies that go up there religiously that live close with the float and fly, I mean, I've heard of them getting sevens. I haven't heard anything over eight but a lot of fives and sixes on, okay. and that's straight, that's straight fly rod status on that. But it's just those fish, man, they'll, they'll suspend for a long time. In my opinion, in my experience, I, I could be totally wrong. I mean, there's rules and there's facts. This is just my facts, but there's, there'll be a time where they're out there suspended over a hundred foot chasing kokanee. And however you guys catch them, if you know how to catch them, you got to teach me the ways to catch those suspended fish. Because I'm not going to go throw a cinco out in 100 feet and eat a sandwich. That's just that'll no, I'll drown myself. But I could up there. I mean, it will get to a point where they're on the bottom up there, and that's the only way I can catch those big suckers is when they're on the bottom over there. I can't on the bottom or there's a little secret way. A certain time of year you can catch them. We'll talk about off the off the record that I can catch them suspended, but they got to right. be in a certain spot and da 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 da. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. As far as the really that, true giants, though, not to your knowledge, on the float and fly. Uh, no, I, I bet you somebody has. Uh, it's probably one of probably a group of those guys I talked to the, the fly guides, but. I don't know really anybody catch them on conventional big, 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 big ones that way, but that's just, that's just me. Right. So I was just, yeah, my bass circles kind of small nowadays, but I mean, I just catch them dragging a worm, dragging a, a, um, Oh gosh, a morning dawn shaky head. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and nobody's ever caught, nobody's <laughs> ever caught a spot on that. You're throwing a rubble worm. What's the color called again? I want to write this down real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's called uh, Woogly Boogly. Um, you throw those, but, too? Uh, <laughs> either that or I catch them on a Kytec. I mean, I'll, I mean we, were, we were catching them on Kytecs with everybody's up there throwing spinning rods. And we got on a good Kytec bite where we were flipping six straight 25-pound fluorocarbon and just jacking them. I mean... And everybody's out there throwing six pound tests, just dragging their shaky head. And we're just in their little itty bitty Kytex and we're throwing 4.8 Kytex and we're catching fish up to nine pounds up there. It's oh, that, that place that. is just, it's just different up there. And they're still there. They're definitely still there. They're not, 
they're not dead. I thought they all died. That was my excuse, considering I haven't caught a big one up there in a couple of years. So I just, <laughs> they just can't be I here anymore. They, they got to be gone. Yeah, yeah, they migrated. They went north for the winter or south for the winter. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah, I still want to get up there one of these days. I've I've never I've never been up there. Yes, but oh yeah. Anyway, but no, yeah, that's that's on my bucket list. Yeah, that and like I said, dude, we we'll we'll talk again off the air because when we talked before, we were dropping all the little sneaky sneaky big fish spots that aren't really sneaky, but still, it's like you got to put the drive time in. Where you're at down there, man, to come up here, that's the you need like a week and just you and your lady just come fishing for a week and just hit everything. That, that'd be a good plan. Man, that would be nice. a good plan. That'd be so nice to go up there and just fish for a week. It's going to happen. Oh, All yeah, right. I've, I've, yeah. Oh, All right. No, go okay. for it. Let's, let's, let's get to the nitty gritty. Cause you said stripers. Okay. I want, you know what? Let's talk because I just love to hear personal best stories. That's my thing. What is your personal best? And let's hear, you know, basically the story behind it. Okay, so I got two 46 eights, two to, to the ounce, 46 eights. That's crazy. So the first one, oh, that's huge. Uh, this was, shoot, eight years ago, seven years ago, I think. And, uh, this is when I was first, this is my first season finally getting into these big fish. I mean, it was the Indian summer, the first Indian summer we had. I mean, fishing in t shirts and pants in January. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, I was, did not know what I was doing yet and was throwing a little Bass Pro Shops crank and stick with 15 pound fluoro and an old uh, Shimano Bantam. And was I was ripping. I was just ripping a little. Uh, oh God, what was that? A DD uh, Lucky Craft DD one hundred bone stock hooks, bone stock everything. No, I, uh, yeah. So I, on fifteen pound, straight fifteen pound Seaguar uh, Red Label Walmart special. <laughs> and yeah, you know, like I said, dude, I was I was greener than green, and. Yeah, just ripping a just the current swing and I got bit and it came off. I had it on GoPro and I'm just like, huh. Cause I've been catching a lot of this these winter run salmon. This is in January. So I thought it was a salmon because I catch a lot of salmon in the winter on jerk baits and fire back out there, rip, rip, rip. About bends the tip of the rod to the butt of the rod and it's like, oh, here we go. So I fought the fish for two and a half hours on <laughs> Yeah, dude, it, it was so dumb. I was so I brought a butter knife to a, like a bazooka fight, oh. basically. So, like we, I don't know if you guys ever see them on the Delta, the Creel counters. You guys may not have them down there, but the DFG will drive up and down the river when salmon are around to ask if he's caught any fish. You know, mm-hmm. so these guys pass me right when I hook this fish. And the guy's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, oh, "I'm just." fighting a big fish. I have no idea what it is. They're like, all right, cool. We'll leave you alone. They left. They come back two hours later. I'm, the guy's like, you got another one? I'm like, yeah, I felt like old man in the sea, dude. I'm out there. I'm thirsty. <laughs> haven't been able to drink anything. 
I, I had to like strip out of my bibs and my sweatshirt because I'm sweating so bad. And I'm like, no, it's the same fish, man. I'm like, it's either me or this fish is going to die right now. So, yeah, I finally just said, screw it. I'm tired of it. Cranked my drag down and just started reeling her in. And she died when I was bringing her in. Or she was dying. I mean, any fish for two and a half hours. It was all my fault being completely undergunned with a fish that big. So, yeah, she was 46.8. I got her mounted because, I mean, she died. I'm not going to eat that mercury-filled creature. But it, uh, yeah, that was on my wall there for a while until a crazy ex-girlfriend broke it. But uh, that's a whole, that's a story for another time. <laughs> well, that's what? another no, story. Hold, we can... hold on, we, not another time. We're talking about right now. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it mounted. Of all the things, take the truck. Uh-huh. Yep, I got it mounted, and it was at our house, and. Broke up with her. She knocked it off with a um, broomstick handle and broke it to four pieces. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. All. all right. All right. But so yeah, that was my first 46. And then the one that Ryan was talking about that's on Tactical Bassin's page when I took Matt out. Um, yeah, that was throwing up. S waiver 200. Yeah. S waiver 200. And we were on a, I was on them. I was on my winter break from work. They just dropped all the, um, salmon smolt in the river. So basically it's just shooting fish in a barrel. That time. Yeah. And yeah, I hooked this fish and I was in this big hole. There's this hole we call, we call it booty call. (laughs) And, Booty call hole is close to one of the launches. A great, so, great movie, by the way. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So we call it booty call because it's right next to one of the launches, and that's usually the last hole before we go home. So that's our booty call. As we're if we haven't caught anything, yeah, that's what everybody <laughs> calls it now. It's pretty funny. I love that. But um, yeah, so I hooked this fish, and dude, she just runs, and I mean, these fish will peel you know, a hundred yards of line off before you even know what's happening. And she peels this line off. She's running, running, running. There's one snag in this probably 80 yard wide, 300 yard long hole. And she runs right for that snag. And I'm telling Matt on the video, like, I can't do anything. I, I can't stop this fish. And she runs right for the snag. You've seen the video. I mean, oh, it's yeah. edited. I mean, it's, I was stuck in that snag for, three or four minutes. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is it. I mean, this sucks. I mean, we've already had an amazing day and it's just like, really, you know? And I don't know what happened. I just gave her a little line and she just comes up just like, like what's happening. And Matt just nets her. And yeah, that's another one. 40, 46, eight. So I have two exactly the same. Wow. That's crazy, dude. Now, yeah, that was just straight luck. Just to, um, what are the lengths on these two fish? It's like, how long is a 46 pound striper? I know they both, from the pictures I've seen, at least of the one, like it was definitely a healthy fish. It was girthy, you know. Um, but how long are those fish? Dude, honestly, 
everybody always asks me that. I never measure them. Yeah. I don't, I don't ever, I pick, like hold them up. I mean, I want to say maybe 50 inches long. Right. I mean, that one I caught with Matt was just all around big. Right. I mean, she was proportionate all oh, the yeah. way through. Gorgeous fish. And, oh, yeah. She was, yeah, that fish kicked in, my tail. But in fact, hey, and this is Joel's thing, but he does all the behind the scenes stuff. He does everything. But maybe we could get Joel a picture of that fish for his podcast cover photo thing, maybe. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I'll yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll use, sure. we'll use that one for the, for the podcast for sure. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I'll find it on there. I've gone through like 15 phones since then. So I'll probably have to get it off of Facebook or the gram, but, but yeah, that, that day, man, that day was just, it was one of those perfect storms. We we're on a good moon phase. It was pre front first, literally the first storm of the year. And it was just, there was baby salmon in the river, you know, the stars aligned. I mean, that day we caught, we caught a 36, no, sorry, a 34, a 38, a, my 46, two 31s. Oh my God. I think it's, yeah, I think a 29 and something. It's just, it was just one of those days, but it was happening all through the river. We got other buddies that were up, you know, 35 miles north of us that did the same, literally almost did the same exact thing that we were doing that day. I mean, it was just, it was just when everything was perfect. And I just so happened to call Matt and was like, Hey, you want to go? I'm on them. Let's go do this. I mean, I had a buddy that was supposed to come. But his wife's like, oh, no, we have a party to go to. I'm like, oh, sorry, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> You're all, we got a party to go to. Oh, I was sending him pictures all day. <laughs> that, poor, that, poor, that poor bastard. <laughs> oh, dude. You know. he's, oh, it, that's it, crazy. He, he, every time I talk to him, I'm like, hey, remember that? She shut up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, I grew up striper fishing, Sean. Like, my whole life, that's all we did. Now, granted, we weren't doing trophy stuff we did start throwing top water towards the later years we did a lot of trolling we started off you know just anchoring out just doing the shad stuff but all of those years striper fishing and i'm talking these are years and years and days and days just tons every fall every spring i've got four stripers over 20 and i've never broke 30 to see to see what you guys did in one day that's just it, it literally just blows my mind yeah it was i mean the crazy thing is I did the same thing the week before <laughs> it was wow. just, it was just one of those, like I have so many hours of GoPro footage of all these fish, but where I fish, man, it's just like how Lawrence does his videos. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you're like looking at the sky, you know, like you knock somebody out and the camera straight up and down, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the only way to do it on these places like the Delta or where I'm at on the upper sack. Cause you, I mean, I, I burned, I burned myself big time. I mean, a couple other guys are probably the main reasons why our little secret, you know, upper sack striper deal is wide open now, unless you don't have a jet boat. If you don't have a jet boat, tough, tough cookie, man. Cause you're not coming up there unless you get a jet boat. So that's, 
it's I want to post the stuff. I want to show all these awesome videos, but I also don't want to get my truck and trailer burned at the boat ramp. You're right. So, uh, no, dude, it's it's crazy. It's well, I mean, that's there's, there's some fish and drama. I think there's something to be said about this, and it's something that <clears throat> I don't know how much you want to get into this, but it there is so much. I mean, guys put in a certain amount of time and effort into certain places and and especially if it's like closer to home and they want to go fishing and they don't want to deal with 8,000 people I see where it's like you know you want to you want to protect some of those places you don't want to give all the juice out to everybody you know and some people will say well you're being selfish you're being that it's like well no they're not I mean let's let's be honest here if I don't know do, do you understand what I'm saying, Sean? I mean, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, oh. but I'm, I'm, I'm trying oh, to say no, no. it's, it's such a, it's such a, like a, uh, it, it's contentious all around always, but I always side on the people who those are kind of their spots. That's where, that's where they like to fish. If they want to, if they want to be secretive about those spots, no one can say anything against them for doing that. And well, yeah, it's, it's the sweat equity you put in sweat equity, the time, yeah. And just the hours upon hours of doing this, you know, and you, you don't, you don't, you don't earn anything. It's not earned if somebody just hands it to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had some, I mean, a couple of my best fishing mentors and friends are the guys that, you know, put a little bit of that puzzle together for me. And then I just took it and ran with it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, I used to not see a boat from about right now until March when the striper started coming up, you know, you'd see the occasional steelhead guy here and there, you know, or somebody just out soaking anchovies for stripers. Now it's just, it's a parking lot and I'm a hundred percent one of the guys to blame for that. That's for sure. That's and it's but interesting it, to have someone on who's actually been on that side of it. And you know, you you were out there you're like, "Oh, check out all this cool stuff." And then you realize maybe after the fact, "Oh, what have I done to myself?" 110% to a bunch man. Of other people. And well, that's the social media world though, right? And I think a lot of people feel entitled. I think a lot of people feel entitled to a lot of things nowadays, not just fishing, but um if if anybody gives anybody shit for not giving them you know the area they're in or or exactly where they're fishing i think there is a point where it comes to i think i think it it stops at like you can't even tell me like what part of the delta you fish in there's four quadrants here (laughs) i don't i think that's a little bit much but um you know on this here podcast we've been really good about giving as much information as possible, but Ryan's not going to give you what creek he's fishing. You know, no. like, I'm not going to ask somebody on well, this podcast where they're fishing. And I never do. I will say, do you, do you haunt the Southern, the South Delta versus the North Delta or the East Delta versus the West? I mean, those are vague enough, right? Yeah. Right. So, totally, I, I mean, that's, I totally get what you're saying. That's yeah. It's, I had a similar issue, and you blew it. Well, not blew it up. I'm sorry, but you, <laughs> you blew it up, Sean. But you, ah. no, sorry, just kidding. But you went and did a video, you know, with 
um, one of the most, probably the most watched fishing oh, yeah. YouTube channels of all time. Um, yep. Nationwide. I mean, this is, this is the channel, right? Tactical Bassin. Um, I went out with a local, um, well, it doesn't even matter. I, I, I can say it. I went out with Tyler Frey to film a video because we've gone out and done a few. Just a local YouTuber, just a young kid, a good friend of ours. Um, and we were at a certain creek in Don Pedro. This is last winter. And I didn't think much of it because, again, I, I just I didn't even think about it at the time, right? Hey, I'm on a good bite. Let's go do some filming. It'll be cool. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it's going to be fun. We have a good time. And there's some very distinct markings in this one creek channel and he's got a youtube following of i don't know at the time probably th three and a half to four thousand not huge decent little following the very next weekend i go to pull up in there and this is something that usually even on a saturday there'd be two boats maybe three if it was crowded there's like 14 boats in this creek channel and i've got a <laughs> lot of and i've got a lot of buddies still right now super pissed off at me because just that one video, what it did, you know? And ever since then, I've had to really, really take a step back and think, okay, if we're going to go out and film, Joel and I have talked about this, just going to the lakes and filming. I right? haven't, I haven't fished in there since I fished with you when I went out with you. Yeah. And, you, and, cause, and it's, you, cause you need it. Cause it's like Disney, Disneyland. You, you need to wait in line. Yeah. And, and yours was, <laughs> you know, I, I you mean, that Disneyland? heavily magnet. Uh, it wasn't quite Disneyland. It was no, more like no, I, I, Universal I, I, Studios. No, Sean asked if I wasn't. I just was in Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, so that, that's why I use the Disneyland thing. Sorry about that. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Pro Go ahead. Proceed. Ryan. Keep going. <laughs> no, that was that 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 was about it. I I just yeah, but I couldn't imagine you know like having gone and of course this is not it's not to the caliber of what you guys had going on, you know, with those kind of fish catches, that kind of attention. But I couldn't imagine having done that on a bigger channel, you know, I, I, I mean, yeah, like there's a lot that's going to come back and bite you in the ass for that for sure. But at oh, the same yeah. time, it was an absolutely epic video. I've seen it like five times. Yeah. I mean, Matt and I are really good friends. I mean, I, I've had Thanksgiving with him. I've had Christmas with him. Everybody's like, oh, are you a fanboy? I'm like, no, he's a legit good friend. I'm right. playing simple. And, you know, like I go, when he still lived out here, I'd go fishing with him. He would come fish with me. Tim would come fishing with me, you know, and we just so happened to have the video going on one of those days when it just happened. And I mean, that's their only form of income, you know, I mean, they're making, they're feeding their families off YouTube, you know, and like I, dude, I was, I was getting lit up. I, I begged him even to, he held it back for three and a half months, four months wow. to put it out there, you know, and that, that was hard for him because I mean, you know, that's, that's how they, that's how they feed their families. Right. But I mean, it's, gotta gotta get in while the getting's good but it was just i mean it is what it is i mean everything now with social media and the internet and all that stuff there's no secrets really anymore i mean there's there's you know spots on the spots but where i fish man any cast any cast in the river it could happen literally that's what i tell my guys when we get in the boat and we start going your first cast 
it could happen. Plain and simple. I mean, it's, it sounds so cliche and such a, a, you know, a guide to get, to get his clients all jacked, you know, like, oh my gosh, it could happen right now. Right. But straight up, it has happened before with me. We launched the boat. I dropped the trolling motor. I get the remote in my hand. My cast are right there and be ready. You sure? I'm like, dude, any cast, any cast that can happen. These fish are the biggest, baddest things in the river. They give zero F on what's going on. And if they want to eat, they're going to come tear the rod out of your hands, maybe take your lunch money, or they'll take a picture with you. You know, it's, <laughs> God, it's I plain. That. I mean, it's, it's just, that's how it was when, okay, yeah. So my last trip on the river was Saturday. That was the stinky salmon day. And we fished, and I've been in a slump, honestly. I've been in a epic slump. I'm very transparent when people call me and ask me, hey, how's it going? I'm like, I'm <laughs> I'm in a slump, plain and simple. I mean, most people don't want to hear that, but I'm not going to tell some guy, oh, come up, come up. I'll just, you know, I'll take your money and say sorry. You know, that's not what I'm all about. I got a day job. I make good money. I just love to take people fishing. I get so jacked when I'm putting people on big fish. I, I freak out more, mm-hmm. probably freak out more when other people are catching fish. I mean, it's just plain and simple. It's just like, um, oh, God, who was that guy that said was getting weird that was on your podcast? Ploger? Uh, what, was that? what was that guy's name? Zach, Plo- uh, Zach Ploger, I think. Yeah, 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 the vet. Yes, yes. When he, when he started saying it was getting weird, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's getting weird, you know, and it's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of what we do, man. It's just, we get just as jacked watching these people catch these fish. But I mean, last weekend I've been in drought. I hadn't, I hadn't myself boated a fish in weeks and me and the lady went out and we doubled oh, like the third cast. You would have thought we caught fifties, you know, <laughs> but we just got that slump off the boat. I mean, it happens, man. It's just trying to catch fish of a lifetime. You're fishing for two or three bites, maybe one bite a trip, you know, and we didn't catch giants and caught, you know, good fish, but it's just, I don't know. It's that river, man. It's just something different up here. So, just to know that any cast. I haven't looked into this, Sean, and so I'm. Uh, some people say I'm pretty prepared for these podcasts, but a lot of times I'm not. So I'm going to ask you, uh, as far as state record in California, a lot of those have come from, from impoundments. Millerton held yeah, it for a O'Neal. while. O'Neill, uh, San Luis. At this point, where is it at, and why is it not the Delta? Why is it not a river or the Delta? I think, in my opinion, from what I've seen, our river fish and delta fish, they have to work. Mm-hmm. They're thoroughbreds. They're not some fat, lazy, yeah. you know, yeah. freaking cow, <laughs> some Wagyu beef cow getting fed beer and everything every day of its life. I mean, these fish are fighting current. You know, they got to go chase their fish. They They can't just go sit on a giant school of shad or whatever. I don't know what's in those in those bays down Amer- there where you guys fit this. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it's know. a lot of it's American shad which get big and there's tons of them and they're they're just giant. 
But you get you get the American shad in, in the in the rivers as well. But like you oh, said, yeah, you got you got the sure. current. You're not just sitting there in a in a big pond just chasing down all these big giant shad. I mean these shad and even then the shad that are in those rivers are a lot more cagey probably than they are in the in the impoundments. Well yeah, the shad here, they're only here for a month, month and a half. So there you so, go. There you go. Yeah, that's that's by far. I mean, that's a little bit of the menu. I mean, that's their seasonal diet. That's like their pumpkin spice latte, but in the spring. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's that mainly, <laughs> yeah, it is that time of year. Woof. Um, <laughs> so we got like <laughs> that shit was funny. Woof. <laughs> yeah. Right. Line it up. Line it up. Line it up to get their their pumpkin spice. <laughs> Basic. Yeah, now, now it's, it's the, the basic uh, month, bro. No, no, thank you. I had to go to Starbucks in San Francisco last weekend because nothing was open uh, early enough where we were at, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, no, no, thank you." But anyways, um, so basically, we got the Sacramento River pike minnow, we got suckerfish, we got hardheads, which are kind of like a pike minnow, but. I don't know what the whole, you know, proper terminology is for them, but you'll literally run through these runs. I mean, I'll be on pad on my jet boat and you're going through, you know, a foot of water and you look down and the whole bottom is moving with hundreds of, you know, 14 to 18 inch sucker fish, pike minnow, hardheads. These fish don't have any problem with finding food. They're not starving anytime soon, but it's just they still have to expend so much energy in this current to eat these fish that they're not, they're no couch potatoes. I mean, these fish are so strong in these currents. And I think that's why we just don't get those super plump fat fish. I bet there's a 60s swimming around in that river 100%. I mean, oh, yeah. there's been. A high fifties caught. Uh, my buddy, that's a spear fisherman. He's dude. He's he's seen them that big, and he's been to the East Coast and has seen, you know, that upper echelon, upper fifties, probably sixty fish. They're in there, but they're not, you know, as prevalent as they are like on the East Coast in like the Tennessee River, you know, Montauk, that kind of stuff. I mean, we got a lot of cookie cutter twenty five the 35 pounders in the river. So that's, that's, there's a lot. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I say that cookie cutter. (laughs) And those fish, like you mentioned the O'Neill four bay, correct? Yeah. There's the O'Neill for the San Luis has the record, correct? I I, I believe, I believe the O'Neill four bay. Is it? That's what it is. Okay. Is it the four bay? Yeah, yeah as far as the pounder. landlocked record, it, it, it was like 67.6, 67.8, something like that. Yeah, you're right. It's 67 for sure. Mm-hmm. And I've grown up fishing those lakes quite a bit as a kid, you know, and the O'Neill Four Bay, it, it, it's a basically, a, just like you said, it's a giant pond. It's got a ton of grass in it. It's got a ton of smaller bass it's got bluegill you know it, it's got threadfin shad and yeah i mean it'd be easy for a striper just to sit there and be lazy and have a ton of food around you know and just get huge i mean although you don't see a ton of real big ones that's what's funny it, it, it's got a big population of smaller stripers but the biggest ones like out of those two lakes most of the fish over 50 
have come out of that four bay. So the more that you talk about it, actually, it makes sense because you figure like even that bigger lake still has a lot of food, but they have to definitely go roam around and go chase it a lot more than they do the smaller lake, which has a lot more grass in it, you know, um, but probably a lot more food per per square acre, per, per square foot, whatever well, you want to call it. During the winter, that's one of my favorite places to go with the kids because all that grass dies off, and then you can just run around there on the riprap, and you can catch schoolies all day easily with the kids. It's fun. Um, me and Ryan went out there a couple months ago, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. Joel kicked uh, my butt. He, I got to watch yeah, him. Joel. Yeah, when he was jerking, jerking it up everywhere, all over you. Oh, dude, I was, jer- I was just, jer- I was just jerking. <laughs> right, all left over everywhere place. I looked. <laughs> but well, like you're saying though, man, it's it's uh, pounds of bait fish per pound of predator. Can it establish a big predator? You know, a big predator presence to get big enough. You know, instead of them having to fight for little little bit of bait, a little bit like Oroville. Uh, I don't know. Oroville's a bad example considering Oroville's been, has been on such an upswing the past, you know, two years. Yeah. But, as the weights are beating our mother load lakes like crazy. Oh, it's, it's crazy, dude. It's it last, last year on Lake Oroville was the most insane fishing I've ever had on that lake. My PV largemouth is from Oroville. It's like an eight fourteen. Everybody's like, Oroville? I'm like, yeah, it's Oroville. I live 15 minutes away from it. But it's just, if there's enough pound per pound of bait fish per pound to big fish to sustain a big fish population, there's going to be big fish in there. Like, like Clear Lake, there's so much freaking shad, bluegill, kind of RIP hitch, because who knows what's going on with those things. But... It's just if there's enough in there to sustain that big group, you can still have your two pounders all the way up to your teeners or in the river. You can have your, you know, the size of your palm striper to 50, 60 pounds because there's so much fish. Nobody's competing, really. I mean, they can just, you know, pull up to the shallows, you know, to the buffet over there and, you know, eat a couple. I mean, I've caught 30 pound striper that puke up 22 inch uh, sucker fish like hanging out of their mouth and they're still eating an eight inch bait. And you're like, really dude? Like seriously? Right. So it's there. It's, it's everybody water is different, but that river, it's just a freak. It, there's just so much food. It doesn't matter for them. They can just eat, eat, and eat. But right now they're just getting their, they're getting their omega threes, you know, eating their fish oil pills every morning of poor little eight inch baby, the salmon that never stood a chance <laughs> right the yeah. stock oh it's the stalker trout of the river system yeah yeah oh dude uh, oh speaking of that total different tangent but when i was talking tangents, to Matt, baby because you know we love them. tangents yeah. We love them yeah yeah hold on real quick here real quick <laughs> um, <laughs> he's on the board he's on the board yeah there you go um when i was talking to matt you know because they're all over in tennessee and you can go buy trout as bait at a bait shop in Tennessee. You can literally go buy a rainbow trout and go out to the river or the lake and go drop down a trout over oh. there. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Well, you would get burned at the stake oh, in yeah. California if you ever tried that. 
it's a cult. Uh, it's a cultural thing, though, man. I mean, they can go. We look at this. 100%. We look at this. Stuff. Like you can go buy them like over the counter, like at a bait shop. Hundred percent. Wow. I mean, if That's you crazy. if you think about it, it's a cultural thing. We we look at things in absolutes. Like a lot of people like to look at things in absolutes, and life's not absolute. It's not black and white. You know, here in California, it's very black and white. No, you wouldn't even think about doing something like that, right? But it just depends on where you are. And we've talked about this with there's so many there's so many great issues to delve into um, in the in the in the bass world of taboos and things you don't do and things you can do and, you know, contentions. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I find it fascinating. Oh, it, they, it's a trip. I've, I've gone to clear. Do they drop these live trout for stripers quite a bit? Like, is that yep. kind of one of the deals there? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can go literally just go get yourself a circle hook or a quick strike rig and go drop them down and, Hang on, buddy. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. No, you know, no spikes, no real scales for the fish to have to choke on. I mean, it's a it's a trip, but I mean, I've I've never caught one that's puked up a trout. I last year I was playing around jigging for salmon, and I hooked probably a nineteen inch steelhead. And I'm fighting this fish, and this fish is going crazy. It's going from one side of the bank to the other side of the bank, and back and forth, and going in the shallows, and then running. And I'm sitting there with my buddy. I'm like, what the hell is this fish doing, man? So I just start cranking it in, cranking it in, and I'm bringing it up from the bottom. I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a nice steelhead. And here comes this almost five-gallon bucket mouth underneath it. And she comes up and tries to eat my 20-inch steelhead that I oh have hooked gosh. on a salmon jig. Oh, man. It, and we were literally just talking about it probably 100 yards before this happened. And I'm sitting there with the steelhead next to the boat, and I, I got a you know three-inch um, P-line minnow in its mouth, and I'm like, what, what do I do right now? And this fish, it was so crazy to see a striper literally arm, you know, half a rod length off the bow of my boat interact with this steelhead. Cause I just, just let it sit there. I'm like, well, well I don't know what to do. This is kind of cool. And as the DFG is going to probably call me tomorrow after, after hearing this, like, Oh, you're trying to fish steelhead. Um, but this, this striper would just swim around and then like, just look at it and then like slowly come up and try to suck it in, but not do a full blown, you know, like as Bobby would explain it, she's on anything. Go, you know. <laughs> but, um yeah it was it, that's what it sounded like when it got on the surface and started sucking air it was just but my buddy had an 11 inch glider looked just like a steelhead cast that thing out right and he's bringing it by her she nudges the glider out of her way to get back to that real steelhead <laughs> it was a it was, it was the craziest thing i've ever seen and she was close enough to the boat where i could have went down and probably lipped her. I would, she was every bit of mid forties, but she was, she didn't have the body of a giant. She was kind of like a big snake head. This was early in the year. And, but it was so crazy to see her just like sizing it up. Like, can I do it? Can I not do it? Can I do it? And every once in a while, just, you know, try to suck it in. Oh, the trip, man. But yeah, my buddies, no, nobody I know has ever like, 
caught a caught a striper and guttered it and found a trout, an actual trout, rainbow trout, steelhead. Nobody I know has. You know, baby salmon, small. That's a different. That's a whole different deal. Because they've been killing those things for forever. Uh, well, not forever, but since they've been playing them. That's that's just basically. That's when all the low hanging fruit guys go out. Not not to not to talk any smack about the that. Low hanging fruit guys. I love wow. that. The low the, the LHFGs. Right. That's it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll make a shirt like that. Um, but, Ryan yeah. likes that. Right. Ryan, Ryan likes to ac- ac- acronymatize everything. He likes acronyms. So that's. I'm a fan know. of it. Yeah. It's simple and it sounds clever. Yeah, and they they don't know when you're talking smack. There you that's go. Exactly. What that means. You it's know. a lot better to be like, oh hey buddy, you're one of those LHFGs. Cool. Right on. And like, oh dude, this guy knows me. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, it's it's like the guys that only go to Clear Lake in end of March and or April and May, you know, just to go plug fish on the bed. It's like where were you in December, you know, dragging a jig while it's snowing? You know, it's like that's they were know, that's, they were catching planter trout up at the reservoirs. Yeah, right. Whatever. Yeah, just yeah. just well, to put them in their fish tank to bring them to Clear Lake. <laughs> well, um, I was gonna say you beat me to it. No. Sean, you're right, and I think that does go. It goes back to a lot of things about sportsmanship in this in this whole industry. And there are certain people who they they live kind of by a code, right? You don't want to go just find somebody's water, go through a bunch of photos on Instagram. Oh, I know that background. I'm going there. It's like, dude, like you're not learning anything. You don't know why those fish were there at that point that that person caught them. So you're really doing yourself a disservice. You're chasing your tail around when you could just go out there, spend the time, run and 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 spend that gas and find those fish. Yeah, or or book a trip or book with a trip or Sean with... and go out and have him show you the ropes and how he targets these fish. Maybe show you step one and two, and then go out and figure out three on your own. You know. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's. Not not to like be like a parade rainer, but I don't take anybody fishing that lives within like 150 miles of here because I've been burned so right. bad. I'm my, definitely I'm definitely first... I'm definitely outside of that, so we're good. Oh yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're, you're cool. You got you you got clout. Um, it, my, no my clout. First... Don't don't tell you I have clout. Please don't. <laughs> okay, my bad. Sorry, sorry. But my first ever guide trip, because I originally started guiding salmon. My first ever guide trip, I took a guy out and we caught our fish, right? Had a guide trip the next day. And there was a certain, one of the launches was closed. I launched off a private boat launch. and It's a gravel bar and a ranch. And I was able to, you know, literally launch my boat, hook my clients, quick fish up not even start my boat and drift down to the, to the hole. I, I would be done with limits before the first boat could make it from the first launch up north of me, like 13 miles, 14 miles away. We'd be done. We'd have limits before they would be there. So I'm sitting there with my clients. We're taking pictures. You know, everybody's high five and it's seven o'clock. We've already caught four salmon. We've been fishing since six and it's a big right hand turn. I hear the motor shut down and I hear, yeah, this is right where he took me yesterday. 
da, 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 da. Oh. And he comes around the corner and looks at me, and I just went, looked at him, he goes, oh, shit. We better get out of here. <laughs> and he took off. And I'm just like, no. Pot, pot licker. Tell. He's a pot licker. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, it's it's salmon. So it, it's salmon. It is what it is. Salmon are only going to be in certain spots. I don't do the salmon thing anymore. It's just, I'll be sitting there salmon fishing. I'm like, dude, I could have covered five miles of freaking striper water in the 30 minutes we've been sitting here with a quick fish. Not my jam. But yeah, that's kind of like, I mean, the river, like you're saying with people looking at backgrounds, that's what me and my buddies look at when people post striper pictures. Because the river, as you come down from, let's say, Red Bluff to Calusa, the bank, the foliage, all that stuff changes as you come down the river. There's certain trees a little higher up. There's certain different rocks. The bank looks different. There's more pea gravel up north. There's more clay banks as you go farther south. So you can kind of, like, you can literally see, like, oh, he's in this section of the river. He's in that section of the river, you know. It's that's how uh, that's how in depth we get with the oh what's that guy doing you know but mm-hmm. I mean I I rat hole all my pictures now I mean I because I'll, I'll go to the boat launch and somebody's like oh you're here oh oh there's a reason why you're here there's a reason why you're fishing you're not fishing here just for to go run your boat so you must be catching fish down here I'm not trying to like toot my own horn. No, after these are facts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after you know the Matt, the videos of Matt, or me posting stuff on the gram or Facebook and blah 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 blah. It's just now it it just gets to the point where I'd rather go not like when I'm person like fishing myself. I'd rather go the opposite way and catch a couple fish by myself than go try to fish in the masses. Mm -hmm. I mean, plain and simple. It's that on the river, half the time, I have so much bass tackle with me. People are like, what, 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 are you, what are you doing out there? You got these jigs and worms and stuff? I'm like, I'm bass fishing. There's, there's bass in the river? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, everything is in this river, man. I mean, we've got, I had a client catch a six and three quarter pound smallmouth on the river. Oh, I my mean, gosh. I, wow. Was, I bet that, that that had to be a super strong. Hell yeah. Well, just in general strong, but a river smally that size that that had to have some shoulders to it. it, it yes, but when you got an eight foot extra heavy swim oh. bait rod with a four hundred and fifty size reel with thirty pounds of drag, it's just like yeah, okay. come come here. You know? hey, let's hey, let's touch on that real quick about gearing up for stripers and maybe, I mean, not even just on, on the river, but guys that want to target bigger stripers, obviously you are not throwing stock hooks. You're not throwing um, probably stock split rings. Like let's just talk about preparing for a big striper when you actually do hook one, because I've had my heart broke before. I'm sure both of you have like, um, I mean, what kind of changes are you making to your bait, your gear to target these big trophy stripers? All right, so starting on the rod and reel side. So I'm throwing, I got a sponsorship with Okuma, but any eight foot, eight foot six, head, like depending on your bait size, throwing treble hook baits, anything one to three ounce, you're going to want a eight foot heavy. 
but like a, a good eight foot heavy. Like I throw a lot of inshore stuff, stuff that you can throw the big bait, but you have that backbone. You need the backbone, but you need that parabolic bend to keep the hooks pinned, right? Mm-hmm. So anything in that, you know, one to three ounce, I throw my A rigs on a one to three ounce. Uh, I throw like anything eight inch glide around there on a one to three ounce. Once I start getting bigger, I'll go an extra heavy, you know, still gliders, that kind of stuff. Cause you still need to be able to lob it, but you still need that parabolic bend. Cause on the river I'm using, or any striper in general, you should be doing braid to a mono or floral leader. I run braid to a mono leader just so I get some more stretch because majority of the baits I'm using are treble hook baits. So you get a little bit more stretch, but in the river you have that current. So you're going to get that bow in your line and you need it to be now with that hook set when they bite. Cause just like with any treble hook bait, you're not, you know, you're not Bassmaster hook set and you're just kind of like a crankbait, but you're still, you know, turning your hips and giving it to them a little. Majority of the time with these big fish, they're going to do it all for you. They're going to hit it so freaking hard. It's you half the time you're going to want to throw the rod in the river because you think something bad happened. So that's what I'm using with that. Just like what Bobby said, when you give them the bad news, you're not really giving them the bad news. They're giving you the bad news that you're in a fight of your life with a giant fish right now and you're not in control because there's no just reeling these fish in. It's straight up. You hook them. Make sure that, I mean, there's no way to know they're pinned, but then we're going to go chase them, plain and simple. So that's kind of my deal for majority of my rods. I'm running 65-pound, 80-pound braid to either a 30- to 40-pound monoliter, usually just a rod length of liter. Um, I can't do no special, what it, what's, what's the crazy knot that's super thin, the FG knot? No, FG. not happening. Right. No, I, I just do an Alberto because I got to tie it fast. I'm on the river. I could hit a snag at any time if I take my eyes off the water while we're drifting. So that's my I just favorite, do an Alberto. My favorite knot, dude. I know a lot of I'm people an, that's my favorite knot. I'm an Alberto fan myself. But do you guys use any of that UV knot sense? You ever seen that stuff for fly fishing? Mm-mm. Nope. So it's a little UV. It's called UV knot sense. Loon Outdoors makes it. So it's a little bit of super, it's like super glue, but it cures with the UV light of the sun, or you can get a UV, you know, like a little flashlight and that will tighten up those, uh, that knot, you know, cause sometimes that Alberto after hours and hours of casting will just come undone on you. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're throwing these, dude, I lost a $275 freaking glide bait a couple of weeks ago, literally talking to a client, bouncing it on my rod. And the knot came undone and it just went, bye-bye. You oh, know. God. Oh, it was bad. I, it was tragic. But that little bit of UV knot sense, man, I mean, the tuna guys will use them. The GT guys will use it. I'm going to put it, that in my notes UV. right now while we're talking, actually, because I, I like the one. sound of it. Yeah. Dude, on 15-pound on braid to, like, 6-pound fluoro, it's money. Like, it sounds hellacious going through the guides. But you have that much more of an advantage of that not not failing. 
that's well that's another that's, that's my little that that actually thing. reminds me of a really good question when we're talking about leaders is how long of a leader are you running from your from your uh, I'll just literally run either a rod length I I don't want it to get it into my reel cuz that's just mm-hmm. a knot that big from 80 pound to 40 pound that alberto knot is going to destroy <clears throat> your thumb all day yep you just need a little I mean they're not too line shy I know guys that throw them on straight braid but I just I just literally use that mono just for that stretch. So obviously top water, straight braid, prey, hang on. So um so baits wise, I'm either running all owner ST sixty six or ST fifty eight hooks on them. Um, and are these a I, a three X, a four X? The fifty eight are three X. Uh, I think the fifty sixes also um, are three X. They're a lighter, a thinner wire hook, so you get easier penetration. Mm-hmm. But I mean, these big striper lips, dude. They're you know they're an inch and a half wide, like the actual lift that you know fillets your hand. They're an inch and a half. I mean, they're I mean they're thick as heck. So you get that penetration, but these bigger baits, you get that torque. So you need a little more backbone with like that ST66, which is a 4X saltwater hook. I mean, it's strong as heck. Like if you get it in your arm, just go to the hospital. Plain and simple. <laughs> Unless you have like a Dremel to cut it out with. Um, depending on what bait you're using, I mean like the G-Rat stuff has all the swivel hook hangers. So you can get away with a lighter wire split ring. Like you can just get away with a regular, you know, owner hyperwire or any kind of heavier duty split ring. I just started dabbling with the owner ultra wire split rings, which the, they came out with this year. I want to say like in the spring of this year. And the average split ring flyer can barely even open those things up. They're so strong. You'll, you'll put them on your hook. Oh, it's insane. You put them on your, I was talking to Lawrence about it. I mean, you, you put it on your hook, you're threading it on. And when it snaps shut, it's literally like a snap. Not, there's no, it's not opened up. It's not anything crazy like that. But if you can get away with not using split rings and you can find somebody that makes braided split rings, like, um, what is his name? Eric Van Soy, uh, and the Delta, he's straight braid customs on Instagram. He makes braided split rings and that right there eliminates 90% of all your torque issues with a, you know, five to 13 ounce bait in their mouth. Cause you can get, you know, what, three or four turns out of that braided split ring compared to a three quarter turn of a regular split ring. So you're not, you're not working that bait against the fish and you, to pry it loose. I mean, all it is is a big pry bar in their mouth and you got a 14 inch lure in their mouth. So that's right. If you can go, if you can go braided split ring, I would go that route. But some of those lighter baits like an S waiver 200 or anything that's that more injected ABS, uh, bait with those braided split rings, um, you're getting, or sorry, they're called assist cord hooks. My bad. 
Um, Get it right, Sean. They're, Come on. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, we don't have room cool, for air here, bud, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Cool. Because back in the day before we started, people started making these assist cords, I was getting 65-pound braid and making split rings out of the braid and doing it that way. That's a, something that Matt showed me. But you would have to check them every once in a while because that knot will fail. I mean, I've hooked fish, but pops free, I reel it in, all my hooks are gone. It's like, what? All right. So basically, you're, you're going to want the biggest hardware you can get without it affecting the action, but still being able to get the fish, fight the fish, land the fish, then not have to, you know, hook it and worry about, oh my gosh, or is my stuff going to fail? Like, am I going to hook it on a stock Lucky Crab DD100 and have to fight this poor thing for two hours? Right. That type of deal. You know, you can only control so many variables, so get all the cards stacked in your favor when that yep. gigantic evil evil fish bites. I mean, some of the fish you catch down there in the mother load, those greenies, too. I don't know how you guys catch those on bass tackle. I mean, no, thank you. But that's my, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting it, for that one day to catch one on like a, like seven pound. Well, my, my son, my son has a, has a six, little over a six, uh, the frame of an eight thing was all skinny, but he was able to catch it on seven pound test. And this is a kid who hadn't really fought a fish before ever. And was able to get it in no problem. So, and Ryan, I'm I'm sure you see that too out there. I mean, I think, I think bass tackle today, especially, uh, like fluorocarbon, is uh, one of those uh, under promise, over delivered type of situations. It's pretty strong. Even seven pound, eight pound, ten pound is pretty damn strong. Yeah, it's strong. You just have this is a whole nother talk, but with fluorocarbon, you just have to really, really watch it. It doesn't handle a Nick. Well, it's very temperamental. Your knots not only need to be perfect, but they need to be fresh. A fluorocarbon knot after five, six fish, it needs to be retied. You know, um, I mean, we do not break many fish off on my boat and there's a reason for it. We're very, very, very anal about that stuff. Um, Shit, I've I've had kids, you know, on the boat. I had a nine-year-old catch a uh, a nine-six at Don Pedro on eight-pound test, you know, with the tube. Um, and but but I am constantly checking this stuff. But that's a whole other that's a whole other topic. But yeah, yeah, you can, you can catch anything on anything if you know how to fight it, and everything works well in your favor. I exactly. mean, a little bit of luck goes a long way. I mean tenfold it's but what you said though and and i love what you said though sean like there's all there's only so many variables you can control in this game and you better make sure that you control the ones you can because there's so much that can go wrong i mean i I, i'm just i'm constantly preaching on my boat check your line check your knot you've caught four fish let's retie that thing you know and nobody does that like i mean 90 percent of your fishermen and your tournament guys get a little bit better, but I I get a lot of the tournament guys on the boat, the fish local tournaments, and I'll pick up one of their rods, you know, just to check. And it there there's three nicks in it, right? And those are the same guys that are going to set the hook on a fish, 
and they're going to break it off. They're going to say, oh my God, that was a giant. And I'm like, no, that was a 12 incher, <laughs> but your 15 pound test was three because of neglect. Now what's going to happen when you really do hook that eight, nine, 10, 11 pounder you've been fishing five years for and yep. all the gas money you've spent, all the baits that you've bought to catch this fish and you finally hook her and you're going to blow it because you were lazy and didn't pay attention to what's going on with your line. You know, just simple stuff like that. Just, just your hooks being sharp. I'm like, check your hook point all the time. I keep a little hook file in my pocket. I'm old school, right? Dude, I, I know how to sharpen a hook. We can do that real quick. Um, I bet you just today, just fishing smaller spotted bass. We had one decent largemouth, you know, I mean, for McClure standards, these are not big fish, but I am constantly checking these hook points in this line because I know still at any, any point in time, any cast can be a seven, eight plus pound largemouth. I mean, they live in there and you've got to be prepared for it, you know? I do. I do the same thing. I got the little yellow handle. Uh, I think it's the Rapala hook file. Yep. And I'll sit there and go through the night before a guide trip, sit there and sharpen all my stuff, get it all cherry. And if yeah. somebody brings their own stuff, I'm like, let me see it. Let mm-hmm. me see it. Cause I, I, I had a client that fished from Oregon. I only fish barbless. Come again. He said, come again. Oh, God. Did, 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 yeah, yeah, did yeah, you right? show up with a pumpkin spice latte, too? Come again. Dude, this, this How about you old come? Dude, not, you don't come. This old <laughs> well, dude was 68 years old. Dude, 68. He fished. This was early, in early season. This was September. So, you know how, how dark. My trips are dark to dark for trophy. This old dude, 68 years old runs five miles a day, does yoga, sat there on the bow of the boat and hucked all day with big baits. But he had barbless hooks. So what happened when Big Mama bit in the last 10 minutes of the guide trip? She ate, head shook, threw his bait like 15 feet in the other direction. I'm like, oh, barbless, huh? How does that that treat you? She, She flipped him the old bird, yeah. Yeah, but and this no, guy's did, did did he give yeah. you oh hold on did he give you a reason why and did he give you did he give you this this amazing speech about how he's more moral of a fisherman than you are like I would I really want to know if there was like a it was involved. it was I catch just as many fish barbless than I do with barbs I'm oh. like well how do you know that you don't fish with barbs um. <laughs> But, yeah, <laughs> Touché, that, was, sir. that was, that was, man, I, I have nightmares of that. I'm guessing, but, I'm guessing that guy was from Portland, Oregon. I, I don't know. He was amazing, dude. I mean, he was, he was, that dude was hardcore for being 68 years old and grinding as hard as he did, but to not have barbs. Like I gave him some of my baits and he's like, well, there's barbs on him. Like, yeah. Like you want to file them down? I'm like, no, these are SP 66. These are, this hooks like a dollar 50, you know, but, but no, same deal. Like what Ryan's saying, like every time we catch a big one, it's retied or every time you, we accidentally, somebody casts over a snag in the river. Cause the whole river, the river looks like a freaking forest in the middle of the river. When you guys come up, it'll, it'll blow your mind. You're like, hey, what, what we're fishing here, but anything, any imperfection, after we catch a fish, it's retie every time. Retie, retie, retie. 
Well, let's put a new leader on. It takes what a minute to put a new leader on. Mm-hmm. If for, that... for have a yeah to have a memory that's going to last you a lifetime, or do you want to wake mm-hmm. up with cold sweats going? Oh, there she goes. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That that type of deal. I mean, it's it's what do they say? Luck is the result of preparation, or what? It, wow, what it was. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Thank you. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Exactly. So it's like, I mean, you you can't sit there and go drag your jig through freaking trees and concrete all day at or at Clear Lake. You can't go drag your jig on Henderson and all that lava rock all day and not retie and then at the 11th hour get a donk set the hook and bye felicia you know like, yeah. what are you gonna do about it you know yeah i mean you, you're gonna have that whole drive home just thinking what if you well, know and it's no different and i know we could go on for hours with this but it's no different than you see these guys in their bass boats and i'm and i am I'm, I'm going on the bass side that's what i do they've got a $90,000 bass boat, a $50,000 pickup, right? They've got literally $600. Co- 50000 Nah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was going to say that. Uh, no. Nah. 70 and 90? Uh, five years ago. <laughs> okay, five years well, ago, that was dude, a $50,000 pickup. I have not bought a new truck in over 12 years. I don't even know what they cost. I drive a 2001 Toyota 4Runner. But anyway. Know. Oh, um, hey, I got an 02 Chevy Silverado with 259000 Dude, 05 GMC Sierra. High mileage, gang. Look at us. But passing on a budget. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but they've got all this money into this stuff, right? I mean, they've got their hook gear. They've got a $500 rain suit on. They've got a $40 hat. They've got $100 shoes. And they've got a and they've got a they've got a $30 bait, whatever it may be, with stock dull hooks on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? Spend two dollars on a couple treble hooks and change them out. You have all this shit, and the bass that you want that picture for to make your memories, to make you look awesome on social media, you're never going to land because you're too lazy to change your hooks or you're too cheap, Ooh. whatever it may be. Right. Sorry, yeah. I, I, I laid it all down, preach, brother. Preach, laid it down, son. <laughs> preach, sister. <laughs> I said, I changed the hooks. Sorry. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness, Al Shaw did little. Ryan Sharpton over here, it, dude. Uh, I, I, no. I just see so much of it on my boat, and I, I, Sean guides a lot. He, you know, and he sees more of it. Sean sees guys that, you know, I'm sure a lot of them kind of are a little bit more dialed in when they're chasing the trophy stuff. It's a different deal, but man, I, I just, I, I go out with so many guys in their boat that go buy this stuff, and they want me to show them how to run it. And it's just, I'm like, dude, you when all is said, you should have come over when last all night. said and done. When all is said and done, you can spend all the money you want in this game. But if your line and your hooks are not proper, everything else doesn't matter. Well, I mean, oh yeah, or your your fishing your mechanics are garbage. I would I would but say you, I, but, yeah, you're Sean, you're yeah. you're like what I'm going to is like you can go upstream a little bit more. Like how are you fishing? What are you doing? Yeah, right. yeah, you got a you got an NRX rod. You have the most expensive reel, and but you just got like what? Like I, yeah, it's yeah. This is a whole another tangent of stuff, but it's. I mean, hey, two each is their own. There's. Hey, do you get a lot of money. guys on the boat that set the hook, they swing, they bow up, and they drop their rod tip down and put total slack on the line? 
that that was the whole reason of, of me bringing the way, up the NRX comment. The, that's actually an exact. The story. way that sounded, uh, though, the way that sounded on on my end was just this. Uh, yeah. It was like perfect. It was a perfect sound for that because it's like I could feel, I could feel the emotion in it. Go ahead. Yeah, Jim. that's ahead. a that's a. Oh, you got her! You got her! Don't drop your rod! Don't drop your rod! Keep really. Why'd you drop your rod? Go, gone. Yep. Uh, that's all it takes. You have the biggest swim bait rod, the best swim bait rod on the market. You have the best reel on the market. The fish ate 10 feet from the boat. I could have netted her in two seconds, but you back, gave her a line. She turned around and she went, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Lean, lean back. Yeah. Lean back a little bit. Lean back into it. Enjoy it. Oh, yeah. And the dude could have been a linebacker for a professional football team. Like, you should have boat flipped that 35-pounder. <laughs> yeah. I mean – plain and simple but i mean it's just because he would have broke the rod and then he would have been like nrx rods suck yeah (laughs) yeah right i I saw that meme i tried to bow flip this it broke that these rods suck did either one of you see rios's instagram story a couple days ago about the broken rod starter pack well that's where it came from for sure that is that is 100 percent what a full-time that's, guide deals with on a daily it. basis, that's it right, right there. there. Yeah, yeah. No offense to my and no offense to my clients. I love you all, but I'm just saying. I've just, got some. Sh- I've got some pretty like if if anyone would, like looks at me be like those are shitty rods. Uh, I've had them for like years and they haven't broke, and I still catch fish on them. So you can say they're shitty, well, but then I, I see guys that are fishing with like really good rods, and they're like. These rods suck. They broke. And then I'm like, no, dude, it's because you don't really give a shit about your gear. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, there, there is. I mean, I mean, trust me. I fish with NRXs. They're really nice. You feel a fish fart next to it. I mean, <laughs> plain and simple, you bloop, know. Bloop, bloop, bloop. But I can't afford that. I mean, everybody bags on me for being an Okuma guy, and the guys at Okuma who bags my, on you for that. For, why? Oh, t- t- tons of people. It's because Okuma, Okuma had a bad rat. Yeah, exactly, right? They had a bad rat for a long time. But now the guys there are turning it around. They've turned it around. But it's like... I watched well, I watched I one of their three-piece travel rods land like a 100-pound uh, amberjack in Texas. A travel rod. Three-piece. Oh, yeah. No, the travel rods are legit. Like... Anybody who says like it's, it's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I have one Okuma rod and it's the, the deep crank. Great rod. Cast it a mile. Works the old DC. But that's, what's crazy to me is like, people will look at a, at a brand and be like, oh, they, they're just awful. But I've seen them do amazing things. Like when that dude caught that fish and he, he brought it in, he's like, I cannot believe I got that fish on this boat with this three piece travel rod. That's great. Well, dude. At the end of the day, Sean, as as much fishing as you've done, and Joel, I, I, I mean, you do a lot of fishing. Ye- yes, using a five six hundred dollar rod, NRX, um, Saint Croix, what Legend Extreme, whatever they got out nowadays. I don't know. I don't fish high end stuff. It is very nice. It is very light. You definitely feel more. But Sean, have you ever felt that that actually helps you catch more fish, like as opposed to just a solid hundred dollar rod? No, no. My majority of my guide striper rods are seventy eight dollars off the off the thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, 
Yep. But that's, that's, I mean, that's a swim bait rod with stripers. I mean, it's like what, what rod has caught more fish probably hands down for the last 50 years in the United States, an ugly stick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. Simple. I mean, the old yeah, chicken liver sure special. Everybody. And you got Robertson mm-hmm. out there. You got Robertson out there on the, on the elites, like repping that stuff. And he's like the, you know, he's like the, fisherman's fisherman yeah i mean it the fish don't care what you got last i, I mean i haven't seen a bass or a striper jump in my boat and go really you're fishing with this are you kidding really? me right now yeah it's, he's not mr limpet and coming up here and talking to me in the boat you know what i mean oh, like you really should have caught me on a better rod yeah yeah really geez geez you're really out here with this you didn't have to mortgage your house to uh, load your boat, you know, but it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, dude, all that matters is, I mean, like you're saying, there's those guys out there throwing chicken liver. There's the guys out there throwing sardines on the Delta. You see them all, all over on the Delta bank. And it's like, dude, they're buying fishing licenses. What are they doing? They're putting their money towards our fishery. As bad as our DFW is in helping us, the guys that pay for, Fishing licenses, hunting licenses, all of our taxes that we pay for to go out and do what we do, good, you know, get put back to our, well, supposedly air quotes here, go back to our hunting and fishing, our lakes, that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, it's it just, I mean, more power to them. I mean, you're out there. I mean, what with COVID fishing licenses purchases have gone up how many, I don't know how many percent, but it's been. A lot. There's probably more people fishing in the last year and a half than there's been in the last decade. 110% yeah. and you hit the yeah. nail on the head. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, there's more people out, but hey, that's going to make our boat launches better. That's going to make, you know. You would hope. Made, you, you would yeah, hope. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Especially with the private launches on the Delta, it will make them better because they're getting more business. Those guys are private. Like, they're going to be like, hey, well, Let's make our stuff better. They're not government. Like I'm not looking for a government like state park. You look at like places like Millerton or any other state parks. Like they're not going to do Brandon, anything. all that. Right. They're not going to yeah. do. They're not going to do shit because they have no. They have no impetus to do shit. Like they're going to use their money for. I could go. Uh, it's probably got a bunch of other like crazy shit they're going to do. But come on, Bobby, tell us about the. No, water. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Uh, but no, <laughs> I know what you're saying, and it's it's Sorry. it's 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 sad. It's sad, but uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, it's it's sad but true. That's this. It's just California, man. But I mean, hey, it could be worse. It it all could be worse. We still get to wake up every day. We can go fishing. You know, I mean, Ryan gets to go quote work fishing and. You know, Joel and I have to go, you know, look at dirt and dig things and, you know, no. that kind of stuff. Drive, but, drive, hey, drive, you, drive millions of hours a week, month. Oh, yeah. You can have all that all you want, dude. I mean, I get stuck behind a tractor and it's like, damn, traffic jam. Here we go. You know, <laughs> it's just, just bowl them over. It's all good. Yeah. it's. I mean, at the end of the day, dude, we're sitting here talking about fishing. What's better than us being able to BS talking about fishing? Plain and simple. There is it's nothing. Just, there, hey, is, there is nothing better. I will be the first. 
you know what? And here's the deal. We are in a state that we all are super um, little frustrated with how it's being ran. I understand that. But what you just said, Sean, like we can focus on the negative and be better people and let it upset us, or we can find the silver lining and we can um, find the positive and we can go out and have fun with that. And, and realize that we are still pretty damn lucky. Like we are, you know, well, we live in a state where you can catch gigantic striper, some of the biggest bass in the world. I mean, we we can you can go oh, down yeah. to San Diego and you can you can catch tuna right now. They're I mean, all year has been great. You can you, if you, you go if, to the north coast to catch steelhead, beautiful steelhead, right now, right now. salmon, everything. There, there is it's, so like, we do not. You can have go to the delta anything. right now and, and go catch a ninety to a hundred pound sturgeon, sturgeon like it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. Go catch a dinosaur. If you you're know? if if you're if you're a sportsman, especially like a a fishing. Uh, centered sportsman there is not a place better in the world and i think that's yeah. what i think that's what really kind of irks people because like I, you want to live here you love it especially people who were born and raised here but it just really sucks to see you i mean it almost feels like you're on a timer how long before yeah. this is all taken yeah. away well 100%. and you know what hey but let's talk about I'm trying to Go be positive, out. Ryan, but I no, yeah, I'm, but yeah, I'm while, a realist. But but while we have it, while these fish are there, while you have guys like Sean and myself wanting to take you out and fishing, hey, Go out, book a trip, go enjoy it, go learn how to do this, go do it yourself, and and go use what we have here, you know, because just like you said, we don't know how long it's going to be here. Hopefully, a hundred, two hundred years, it might be another ten or twenty, but. Go out and take advantage of it because California, everybody I've talked to, Sean, I know you talk to people. Joel and I have interviewed a few guys that have been doing it on tour. Every one of those guys will tell you the same thing. We are very spoiled here with our fishing in California. Very much. Well, so. yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, like we talked about before when Ryan and you and I talked, it's so many fish, so little time, like the in fisherman TV show is man. I mean, Literally, you can drive in this state anywhere, what, four hours? Yeah. Anywhere in the state, yeah. and you can go catch something different. Right. You can go catch something in the salt. You can go to the high Sierras and catch trout. You can go in the Central Valley and catch striper, bass, but, you know, North Coast, Steelhead, SoCal, tuna. Well, SoCal, maybe six hours. But, you know, it's just. I could just think of, I could just think of 10 uh, bucket list fish. Like yep. ten bucket list fish that you can't catch anywhere else in the world. You know, California yep. halibut, golden trout. Um, you know, I don't know. There's there's probably a bunch more, but calico bass, calico, calico bass. bass. Like there, there's just there's That's so many things, cool. and I, it is important to. And I agree with you both. Like it, it is important to look at the positive side of things because that's kind of what I've done. I think. California's always been kind of rough. You know, coming from Fresno, living in the Bay Area, it's like now it's like, right. God, man, I'm so far away from everything. It is important to be positive before you're negative. Like you can you can look at things and be negative, but look at the positive right. first, and then say, okay, how can I go and do those positive things? So I yeah, yeah. damn it, you're oh, that was poetic, and you're right. Yeah, 
Oh, oh no, that, that's oh, that was beautiful. That, they, the, that's just how it is, man. It's literally we, you know, we struggle with we got gas prices, we got all this and that. But as soon as that boat floats off the trailer, no matter where you're at, you're just like, and then yep, here we yep. go. At, let's dude, let's go do this, 100%. dude. I'll I just, show up to <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll I just, show up to the launch ramp. Of the, damn it, we keep doing that. Go, Same Ryan. Time. Go, go. I Ryan. show up to the launch ramp in the morning. I tell Diana this all the time. I, you know what? I'm driving. I'm driving to the lake. All this stuff's going through my head. Oh, you know, dude. all, all the stuff I need Preach. to do. <laughs> what is the bike going to be like? How are these clients going to be? And I get to the lake, and I'm unhooking my trailer, and I look up, and that sun's coming up, and I see the water, and it's just like, you know what? No, everything's going to be good. It, everything makes sense at that point. Yeah, the Bill Dance theme song starts playing in your head, and you're just <laughs> like, you're just like, here we go, you know. Mm-hmm. It, in that Bill Dance today. Yeah, right. Cold fishing with. Oh God, dang, dude. TNN, baby. TNN. But yeah, it's, that's just in the end, dude. It's just with all the Instagram, the Facebook, people trying to just put everything out and just blah, blah, blah. In the end, dude, it's all it is is us going out there and we're just trying to go catch some little slimy fish that doesn't want to get caught so we can hold it for a couple seconds, take a picture. And let it go. That fish doesn't know that we're going to think about him for the rest of our life. And we're going to look at those <laughs> pictures know? and just like be like, oh, I remember that day. And that, oh, God. yeah, that, that, that fish just got abducted by an alien and thrown on a boat and everybody was screaming around it. <laughs> I, you know I, mean? I wish, dude, sometimes I wish I was, <laughs> I was the dude who was like abducted and someone took a picture of me and their whole civilization looks at me like, or, or at least a part of it. And they're like, Oh, look at that awesome human. He looks awesome. <laughs> like, he looks yeah. Great. Meanwhile, you're screaming. <laughs> what a, what a, I mean, these fish. Hey, if, if they, if they drop me back, if they drop me back, and I'm a, and I'm a, I'm a celebrity on planet Alpha Centauri, I'm cool. Alpha like, Centauri. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. These fish go back down there, dude. They're going, bro. You ain't gonna believe what just happened yeah. to me. Holy yeah. shit. Like sure, Marty. Here's a straight jacket. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> well, cousin Eddie's I mean, off the wagon again. Yeah. Right. Right. It's just, but I mean, in the end, that's all we're just doing. We're just trying to just, you know, make memories with little slimy, thinned, gilled creatures, and it's that's the best part. That's, I mean, that's literally what we wake up thinking about, go to sleep thinking about. Yep. And there's, I mean, there's nothing better than that. What what else do you want to do? I mean, there's, there's far worse vices that you can have compared to having to go fill up your boat, your truck, all that stuff. What are we doing? We're going fishing. Hey, well, and at the end simple. of the day, and at the end of the day, we can all now it's, it's, it's different when it's your living, but still it doesn't matter. We can all sit here and bitch about gas prices all we want, but guess what? None of us are going to ever slow down and go on fishing. We're still going to pay it and go. Still going to do so it. it's like, yep. just accept it. We're going to do it. It is what it is. It sucks, but we still get to go fishing. Oh, hundred percent. And then that, that fishing brings like this whole conversation and it's the common denominator that brings people from all walks of life together. You can go talk to anybody, any random person, but if you guys both fish, you have something in common. That's the best part. No matter what, however you come from, wherever you are in New York, California, upper class, low class, it's just like 
Oh, you fish? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's chat a little while because everybody <laughs> doesn't matter. It this, that yep. fishing thing is so universal. That common denominator of us fishing is it's the most universal thing known to man. I mean, fishing I, can I bring total strangers to best friends in one hour. I wore the I wore oh, the he, I wore the Delta the Delta Limits shirt to California Adventure. I was like, what's the most California thing you could wear? All right. Like I was, right. I'm, Mac Dre. Mac Dre. <laughs> dude, I I had people like San Francisco dude, Giant shirt. Nice <laughs> shirt. Nice shirt. And I'm like, we're I not I didn't stop because I was my kids I'm like, are you actually fishing or just like the shirt? But um yeah man, it's I don't know. We're blessed to live here. We're blessed to do what we to we do and me and Ryan are especially blessed to have guys like you on, Sean, and and to talk to guys like you. And the podcast has been – we're coming up on our one year, and it's really cool to have you on here, especially talking about what we're talking about. Yeah. Sorry it wasn't the most epic bass report, but, you know. Well, I, just, I, I, I think this one was pretty epic, right? I think you guys are going to love this one, Sean. I promise you. Yeah. Well, I can't <laughs> promise you. Joel can promise you. It's a good BS report, but you know, it's but that's just what happened. I mean, you you just start BSing with some buds that everybody likes to fish and talk a little fishing, and then but it's just that's the best part about these podcasts, man. There's no agenda on anything. It's just we're talking about fishing. It's all good. It's all good. There's occasional forty pound striper talked, or you know. Or nine or ten maybe, pound bass talked about maybe two forty six point eights, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? What, who knows what will happen? We, yeah. we could we be can, worse. We we can't all be uh, epic, but we, at least we got Sean on here to talk about his two forty six point eights. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag Ryan catching all these teeners and all this stuff, and ten boat <laughs> teeners and all this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sure, oh, sure. Easy there, modest mouth. Ten, ten, ten boat teeners. Hey, no, hey, this you're talking to Joel here. I I don't catch big fish. Hey, like, Sean has knows this. Hey, but Sean has listened to this podcast. You can tell like he's brought up stuff, dude. Yeah, that it's we've talked about just fun, small dude. stuff in the past. He's like bringing it up. I like God. I so can I say? Oh, okay, hold on. I'm going to say something here real quick. Hashtag RQ. Okay, RQ again. Um, RC with the RQ coming in clutch. But Sean, I've got to tell you, and I'm not trying to stroke your ego once again, but I I, I give credit where credit is due and i just really like to let people know i appreciate them so i had a, a partner actually we went and fished that shasta tournament that ryan williams won that we were talking about together and we're on the way up there <clears throat> no you know what this is probably before that tournament but he's telling me dude as much as you like stripers and joel can tell you i always talk about stripers i like bass he fishing does. i love my job but i I am passionate about striper fishing. I, I grew up doing this with my dad and that is what I love. And he's like, dude, you got to follow this fish on guy, man. Fish on guide service. Um, Instagram, <laughs> dude, this guy catches tanks. You got to see this. And I'm talking like him cause he talks just like this. He catches tanks. You got to check this out. It's amazing. Tactical bass into these videos with him. And it's awesome. And I'm checking your shit out. And I'm like, my jaws just dropped. I'm going, Oh my God, dude, this guy is the man. And then just, and it's very humbling to hear now a year or two later, 
we're talking to you on this podcast and you're following what we're doing. And I just can't tell you how much that means to me. That's very, very cool. Hey, it's awesome. It, I, I just catch fish and the fish make me look cool. Cause I mean, that's basically, I mean, they, they kind of put that powder on the cheeks, make me look all cute <laughs> and all. I thought you, know? you did nobody's that. Looking. that. Dude, you yeah, have, yeah. The, you have, uh, dude, Sean, first of all, you have the greatest, like, you have so many quips here, old man in the sea. I've got like a whole list of things that you've said today. You're a renaissance man, dude. Not just in the way you fish, but you're like you're a you're obviously a well-read dude. You're one oh, of the good ones. You're one of the good ones. Let's let's just go fishing, and it'll even be even funnier. I mean, see, that's the thing. You get with good people, everybody starts vibing. Like these people listening to this podcast are like, shut up, give us a freaking bass report. Start you know? vibing. Did my son my son says that all the time. Vibing. I love that. I think we gave a yeah, lot I mean, of I think we gave a lot of juice in this one. I don't know. I mean, it could be we could be like Joe Rogan and Snoop Dogg getting loaded the entire podcast, which was amazing when I listened to that one. But dude, it's <laughs> it's we're we all like I said, it's the common denominator of fishing. I mean, we talk about fishing I mean, the striper thing, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing, but in the end, it doesn't matter what it is. Nah. I mean, like I said, I, I dropped more money on trying to go catch stupid trout at Almanor mm-hmm. than I have on striper in the last month. But he said stupid Because it's just something different. You know, the tug's the drug, man. As cliche as that is, the Dude, tug is the drug. The tug is the drug. I fish for bass for a living, and you get me on a farm pond... Literally, I'm not joking. You get me on a farm pond with um, a bobber and some red worms catching bluegill, and, I, and, and I'm a little kid again. No joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it turns into freaking bluegill bass masters. Yep. I mean, bluegill masters, you know. It, it doesn't. BGMs. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. There you go. Man. There you go with the acronyms again. What a yeah, acronym cook, AC, you know. <laughs> We're, we're not talking air conditioning AC, people. I love it. I'm using that from now on. Thank you. Oh, but, no, you know, it's like what Joel started with the podcast and, you know, bringing you on, and it's that one-two punch. You know, Joel, I know you're, like, getting into the whole, like, you fish all the time, but you don't know all the stuff that, the you know, the history, the knowledge that Ryan's got. It's that yeah. one-two yeah. punch that makes the podcast real. You know, instead of somebody just going, all right, I already know this, so talk about it. You're literally, you know, you're dude, absorbing I, all this I on top of letting everybody else. Every single episode, dude, I've learned more and more and more. And it's going to keep going that way, man. I mean, I don't have, I don't have, and I, I, dude, I'm so pumped that you actually saw it that way. And that's the way it's supposed to be seen. Like, I didn't come on here to say, hey, I know what I'm doing. Here, listen to me. You know, it was always like, who can I bring on to like have a report and talk about things that are going on? Oh yeah. You probably have a notebook, like two inches thick. You're like, okay. Hold on. Replay. Re- okay, what, what do you got to say? Rewind 15 seconds and replay that again. You know, <laughs> well, the sad part <laughs> is I hate listening to myself. So I rarely listen to the podcast after I edit it. Everybody hates listening to themselves. Uh, but, Everybody. But, but I know, but I know that I do have it and I can always listen to it again if I need to. And that's what I always tell people, too. It's like, hey, go back. It's not just now. It, it was supposed to be something that was like weekly. It didn't. It's turned into something different. Go back and listen. 
Because at, at least if you listen back from the last year, during those times, the same types of things are going to be happening this year. So you can get ahead of yourself. If, you, if you're planning on fishing in April, you should probably listen to all the podcasts we were talking about in May. Or if you're going to fish in May, you know, listen to last year's May whatever but um i appreciate that dude because that's that's really what it is i'm i've never in case you can't tell sean joel does not take compliments well like you see how he deflected right there like you gave him a big compliment he's like yeah so anyway go check out last year's podcast no well i mean like (laughs) well i'm I'm, I'm not not anybody i agree with what he's saying yes oh 100 i I was literally just doing not to not to steal joel's thunder of him being mr humble but it's like it's, that's what I was literally just doing. I was because me trying to do this. We're on Bass Podcast. I'm talking about trout again. I'm going to get burned. But Damn it! I thought we were talking stripers. I'm so confused. Oh, I don't need to look up striper things. But it was like I was looking up past reports and podcasts on trout fishing up in the Eastern Sierra, the Sierras, from two, three, four years ago uh-huh. of this time of year. Yep. Same deal. Yeah, that's it's just everything happens the same time of year. It's either two weeks early or two weeks late, but it's mm-hmm. going to be in that four week thing. It happens the same time every year. It's just a little early or a little late. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's just poor Ryan's over there guided all day. He's probably all hungry. He's hangry. Yeah, it must suck. No, to, no. It must suck to fish all day. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that off the air. What we'll, we'll I have to do with when I get home after guiding? You fished all day. That wasn't work, really. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm more tired after the day of guiding than I am a day at shoveling rock all day. I mean, yep. pe- yeah. they no people don't get it. I mean, the mental anguish, like you were saying, I barely even can sleep the night before a guide trip because I'm just wigged out. I mean, it's not your fishing trip. It's some. It could be somebody's only fishing trip of the year, yep. you know. And all the cards are stacked against you, not fishing wise, but that person is putting all their cards on you. Like here you go, Mr. Cook. Well, and so, the, well now on the asshole. The so now and on they the go asshole. out with, and they go out on a guide trip, and they expect that you're some sort of wizard, some sort of magician that's just going to magically put fish on their hook for them. They're going to have this fantastic day, you know, this memory forever, and you're going to be high-fiving and catching fish all day. You know, a, a lot of them have very, very high expectations because they are paying for that trip, and they don't, you know, and they don't understand what what goes into it. Yeah, no, that's the Instagram deal. You know, you don't, I mean, the good... I see people that'll post, you know, like it's like with, uh, you know, the sunset pics, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, here's my picture, you know? And I mean, that's real. That's absolutely that's my, my last two guide trips, man, were my first two ever legit blanks ever. We got bites, they didn't get hooked, but it's just like, I mean, that's what happens. It's mm-hmm. we're fishing. It's, it's, and we're, we're putting our reputation, our income on the line to catch something that has a mind of its own. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to eat right now. It's a high pressure system. It's the East wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Your guy, your, your guy, your guy booked six months ago on this date. Sorry. You know, 
and this Joker's out there looking at this. This bass is out there looking at this Joker's bait, going, "I ain't gonna eat that because you're working it way too fast, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Your guide told you eight times to slow down, but you ain't listening. So I'm not gonna eat that shit." Yeah, I'm gonna go eat the shad over here that's dying. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it, it's it's might as well just go gamble. If you want to be a fishing guy, go to the casino for a while and tell me how that feels for a while. How, how often do you win compared to you lose? You know, yep. you don't control it. The house, the house, the lake owns you. You don't own the lake. Well, this is know. this is this is where I'd interject as someone who's not a guide, and I would say anybody who's listening to either of these two guys and want to go uh, fishing with a guide, listen to what they're saying. And this could be this could be a saltwater trip. This could be anywhere in the United States or the world. These guys aren't gonna. These they're they're not. I saw a great uh, bumper sticker. I'm a guide. Dot dot dot. Not God. Like you. Like. <laughs> have you seen that? I'm gonna know, get. But I'm, gonna know. Get I'm gonna get one. one. I'm gonna get one for you, Ryan, for for Christmas. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna get you one. If I even have to have it made. Like. Don't you, forget you said that because I'm excited. All right. Like. Seriously. If if you if the thing is the the people that would go out and be mad that they didn't catch fish on a certain day, especially with guys who we've had on that are, that we're talking about that catch fish regularly. If you go out with a guy and don't have a great day, you just chalk that up to that's the way it works. That's the way the world works. It's not well, always, it's not always crumbles. good. That's, that's just, the way the cookie crumbles. That's the, the cookie crumbles. <laughs> you know, I mean, but, it's, I mean, it's not going to be all, it's not always going to be, uh, you know, perfume and roses. Even the two the two trips I blanked, the first I've ever blanked, I they they still you know I I mean I'm not working for tips, but they still tip me. Why? Because we work our freaking asses off, and they see you working it. your ass off, Sean. Yeah, I mean that's the deal. Just, the good the good the good ones do for sure. Yeah, the good. Yeah, you're you're grinding. You're trying as hard as you can. You're trying to do whatever you can to make it happen in. When it doesn't, dude, I, I had the thousand yard stare driving home because yeah. it was just like, it makes you second guess your whole, like, really? I'm doing this? But yeah. I mean, what, I mean, I, Ryan, I give you the utmost respect for this being your income, like straight up. That's putting food on the table. That is, I mean, I got a nine to five. I guide for fun here and there, but to put all your chips, all your cards, everything in one area. That is for guys that do that like you, man. That's, I don't. Well, and I appreciate yeah. that. And I just, I really, I just try to watch a lot of YouTube and stay up on this stuff, you know? <laughs> really? <laughs> I look to spit such, my drink out. You're so, oh, dude. <laughs> so guys, yeah, just watch no, more, hey, just watch more YouTube by a boat. I do and- appreciate that, Sean, very much. <laughs> right. Oh, dude! Like, I mean, every morning you you either have your morning little update with the kids walking down, or I'll get the notification of Ryan Cook's going live. I'm like, oh shit, he's got like a ten pound drum. Damn it, I'm working. <laughs> you know, and but that's but that's what makes you want to like, okay, cool. I only got Saturday and Sunday. I want to go because why? Ryan just posted this fish. Like, oh my gosh, what's? Oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. Who's the kid you had on a couple days ago? Um, Scott. Oh, Griff- Griffith? Scott Savko. Oh, what's his name? Oh, Corey Griffith. Yeah, that's oh, a little buddy Corey. Yeah, dude. 
I show every time you post a video like that, I show them to my my girlfriend. I'm like, dude, look at Ryan's doing with this guy. He's so freaking happy. He, he goes all the time. I'm like, that is why we go. That 100%. smile that Corey's got is why we do this. Yep. I mean, it, it's just the best. It's the best thing, man. It's they're going to remember that forever. I well, mean, and for us to be able to have this. I don't want to call it a gift, but we have this platform that we are able to give back and, and make those memories and put those smiles on people's faces. I mean, that's a pretty awesome feeling to be able to go do that. And it's like, man, if we don't use it for that kind of stuff, then we're just a bunch of selfish assholes, you know? Exactly. You know, like that's, that's, I mean, you guys, what, hundreds of days a year, but that probably one person two. What I well I, I do five days a week whatever that adds up to I'm not real smart with math or anything here. Hey Joel, what is five days a week throughout the whole year? Figure it out. Hey, babe, what's five days a week throughout the whole year? Five days a week. That's twenty two. I'm guiding like two hundred and forty, two hundred fifty days a year. Anyway, I got off on a tangent. Sorry, bud. Yeah, well, that's a lot of smiles. Yeah. And, of, and, and and a few frustrated people, if we're being honest, in between. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Well, not yeah. frustrated, disappointed. And it's funny because when you said that you had a couple clients blank two days in a row and you're driving home with that, what'd you call it? The, the thousand yard stare? Oh, the thousand yard stare, yeah. My fiance is behind me in the kitchen right now and she knows what I'm talking about. But if I if I come home... And I feel like my clients were disappointed or let down throughout the day, you know, or, or, or at the end of our day, dude, I get what you're saying because personally you just feel like shit because at the end of the day, like we don't do this for the money. It doesn't matter about the money. You want to make memories. You want to make this person go have fun. I tell people all the time, like the, the worst part of my day is having to charge for it at the end because I don't like that. I wish I could do it for free. And when somebody's let down, Personally, that just that just feels like crap. But those days do yeah. happen occasionally. Yeah, it's, there's no absolutes in fishing, and that's just like, <laughs> I mean, it's in anything. It's like your your favorite your favorite pro pro ball team. They're not always going to win. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just. And see, that's what that's what makes the good part. When you take it home with you, when you go home with it, and it keeps you up at night, that means you give a shit. Absolutely, hundred you know? it, percent. It's not the. It's just like you know, at work, your nine to five. When you take work home with you, what happens? Because you give a shit and mm-hmm. you care, and it's just you're not out there like going, okay, cool, pay me, you know, sorry, yeah, you know, on to the next. You know, those those bad days almost. I mean, they weigh more than the good days, you know, because you're just like, damn. Oh, yeah. But that's, that's well, a, those good days. I sleep like a baby at night. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. You're, you're going home. You're uh, what is it? Um, uh, I wake up every morning. I piss excellence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm just a big, hairy American winning machine. Yeah, no, I'm just a big <laughs> American, whatever it is. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm getting no, tired. Yeah. Well, hey, well, hey, we we can end this whenever you need to, man. We've been, <laughs> no, no, been on many moons. I just screwed up one of my movie quotes. I feel bad. It was Will Ferrell, and I don't usually do that. 
Well, I, I will say one thing. Uh, anybody listening, two guides that will always try their best to get you on fish are these two guys right here. So, um, Sean, it's been a, it's been a long, it, we've been on a while, dude. I'm going to let you go. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, and I know Ryan does too. Very much. Hey, Sean, Joel, can you hear me? Yeah. Sean fell, Sean fell asleep. He's, we lost him. He's asleep now. Oh, no, I'm back. I'm back. There, he is. Fat, there he is. My, my fat cheek muted us. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's exactly what I, I thought happened. I, I, I usually it's my man melons that that mute the phone, but um, yeah, my my cheek. Bucky Beaver cheeks over here. <laughs> so we're but all no, a bunch like of said, we're I, all I, a bunch of fat white men. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, right. I got my chubby cheek. I'm just storing it for the winter. It's gonna be a cold winter. I heard. That's right. I have my winter coat from last year on still. Anyway, so it's all good. I'm ready for the winter time. But yeah, man, like I said, thank you so much for uh, letting me come on here and just uh, BS and talk random stuff with you because I'm probably not going to listen to this because like you said, I hate my own voice. Yeah. So I'll just bleep it all out of my own. But Joel, Ryan, keep up the good work, man. It's, It's refreshing. It's fun. It's, I mean, you guys get hammers and I just, Stab myself with a razor blade trying to clean off a crankbait bill. Um, <laughs> but sorry, I, I've been I've been painting while we've been on the phone. But um, but no, yeah, you guys are doing something that's different. It's real. It's great. It's I mean, don't have Lawrence on anymore because he's way better painter than me and he catches more stripers than me now. But um, don't have Lawrence. He got a note. He, I, I I hit him up. He actually says the uh, the Papa with no paint actually catches fish, and he sent me a big old striper. Uh huh. Yeah. What I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it has the guy's a freak, dude. I was just I was just texting back, freak. He's a freak, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, hey. Remember, remember what he said on your podcast. He'd never thrown a glybait for stripers until he went with me. So remember that. Ah, there you go. I love it. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I created a monster. Now he whoops me every time we fish together because we're just boys now. Uh, he doesn't even go on guide trips. We still fishing. Yeah. You know what, Sean? So, but real quick before we wrap it up, that's the beauty of being a guide. When somebody goes on your boat or you go with them, and they catch a big one, it still makes you look good. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Even if Lawrence doesn't smile in any of his pictures. He doesn't. He, he looks that. so pissed off every time. Damn it, Lawrence, smile for no, a No, it's it's not just it's yeah, not it, it's not him and Rick are the same way when they and if they have videos going. The way they catch fish is so aggressive. Like they'll catch a bass and the way that especially Rick, the way he flips a bass back in he feels like he's mad at that fish when he puts it back in the water. Like he's like, Get out of here. Get out of here. And it's like Rios is the same way. He'll do, he'll just walk up real quick, show it to the camera, and psh, on to the next one. Dude is dude is. Right. I, I told Lawrence, I'm like, well, your new son Sonny smiles, so maybe he'll teach you how to smile in fishing <laughs> pictures at some time. Maybe. Dude, maybe. I oh. love I love those baby videos he posts. That kid's so damn cute. <laughs> oh, dude, he, I mean, obviously the milkman was really attractive. <laughs> so I mean, you know. <laughs> I know he's gonna Got listen him. to this. So, Got shots him. fired, you 
chatterbait beaten bugger because he whooped my ass with a chatterbait one day in my own water. You two so, fight like sisters. Ooh. I love it. Oh, dude, it's I was yeah, I was talking smack to him the other day, but he's a good dude and yeah. But anyways, boys, Brian, you, you are you working tomorrow? No, actually, I'm off tomorrow. I'm I'm going to visit my sister and nephew are coming into town. And I'm going to hopefully hang out with them earlier. And then Diana and I are going to have dinner with them later. And then uh, obviously I'm not working Thursday. So I've got two days in a row off, which is very rare for me. I'm excited. Good for you, man. Good for you. But when we get off air sometime in the next future, let's let's link up. Let's do yeah. it. Even if I got to come down there and go catch some greenies or you guys come up here and catch some tuxedos. I do cause... not care. The three of us need to go hang out and have some fun. Yeah, no video because we'll probably be, you know, banned from any kind of any kind of thing. Hey, there, there, there is a very specific reason that I didn't do video when I started this whole thing because the video thing I know is gonna. I don't know. I think there is going to be a whole thing with video is going to be very hard to do because how are you going to do a video when you're fishing water that no one wants you to blow up? Exactly. Yeah. Or how are you going to do video on a podcast while I'm pouring whiskeys and water while painting bait? Exactly. Um, exactly. On that note. <laughs> hey, Sean. Thank uh, you so much, brother. It was thank this you, was Sean. A blast, dude. Dude, my pleasure. Uh, when I can get a real bass report, hit me up. We'll do it, or we can let's just do an on the water striper report. We can do that. We're down. Yeah. So, all right, I'll be in touch with you boys, and then we'll uh, we'll figure something out. All right, brother. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. All right, guys. Hey, have a great Thanksgiving with the family. You too, man. Happy Thanksgiving. You too, and and go have fun with that lady lip ripper. <laughs> yeah, she's mad because I'm not in bed. Anyways, I'm out, <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, bud. You guys have a good evening. Later. See ya. See ya. Man. Well, that was cool. Ooh, yeah, there was a lot. That one got crazy. There was a lot of tangents. That one went, that one went as, uh, that one went as I thought it would. Yeah, no, and I think, I I think, Joel, that hopefully you guys, and I I think they're going to love it. I think you're going to love it. No, I, mean, I think they, you loved it at this they, point. If they you listened loved to it. for this long, I hope you loved if it. If you listened this long, you loved it. There's no way you hated it and listened that long. And if you if you have listened this long, then you obviously like what we're doing. And uh, you can become a Patreon member. That's see, right. see that? See how I rolled into that? And that's all I I'm going like to say about that. that. And uh, Ryan needs to go eat dinner because he's hungry. I'm hungry. I have not eaten since lunch. It's 828. We started at what? 545? Five thirty. Me and you got on. Yeah, it's been. That's a. That's a. That was three hours. Yeah, it's a. I got a pee too. If I'm being honest. Well, hey, <laughs> we're gonna let him go. Everybody, thank you so much for your support. Hope you enjoyed this. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody out there. We're thankful for you. Um, man, God bless you, Brian. Joel, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for our listeners and uh, guys. Keep. Keep supporting us, and we're going to keep supporting you. That's all there is to it. That's the way it goes. Hey, this weekend, got a four-day weekend. I know you guys are going out there fishing tight lines. Uh, send some photos. The feedback's great. We're, we're listening to it. As you've seen the last two episodes, listening to feedback. So if you have feedback about the show, what you think it should we should be doing, we're all ears. You know, it's a, it's a wide-open forum. So Let's see some fish picks.
Yes. Go rip them. Fish picks and not fish sticks. All right. Holla. Holla. Bye. Later. Boy, that escalated quickly. Don't act like you're not impressed.